Talk Live. Yes, it is Free Talk Live. We're kind of like herpes. We're the show that just won't go away. As far just as keeps coming back, just keeps coming back, keeps coming back. You know, statists try and you know take out the founder. They, try, you know, uh, other people have uh, threatened bodily harm uh, against the other founder. Uh, you know, they they've put one of the founders in a cage, uh, etc. And so on. There have been many attempts to sort of uh, discredit or otherwise dismantle this show, but none have succeeded. We are still here. If you're listening to us and uh, you, you know, I don't know, you have an opinion that sounds something like the government sucks. Well, congratulations. You are part of the resistance. You are part of the revolution, or as I like to say, the evolution. You just made the list. Yes. And, and in fact, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine on text messages and and uh, he's like, dude, I heard all about the Ian thing or whatever, blah, 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 blah. And we're talking a little bit about the details of what happened or whatever. And he's like, he made some comment about like, I realized that even just like talking to you about this probably puts me on a list. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yep, probably. Probably. You know, we, we know for a fact from uh, both Ian and Arya's federal trials that the government listens to us nightly. Your credibility in like the freedom and liberty movement should be called into question if you're not on the list. Right. Right. Yeah. It. it I don't want to say. It's not even it, a badge of honor. It shouldn't It's like be. minimum requirement right. at this point. Right. It shouldn't be a bad. Like I don't go around looking for badges of honor when it comes to being a voluntarist or, okay. or whatever. Just take them off the fallen bodies of our enemies. I mean, if, if somebody gives me one, right, like okay. the honorary doctorate that I received, right? Uh, from, you know, a caller. He was like, look, man, I've been listening to the show, blah, 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 blah. He's like, as far as I'm concerned, you're a doctor of freedom. And I'm like, sweet, I'll take that. I incorporated it into my very long and extensive titled name. Well, and if you think about it, who's going to bestow a doctorate of freedom? I mean, sounds like some kind of controlled government institution, (laughs) or you can just do that because you're free. My favorite title bestowed upon me by a friend now deceased was the Knight of Arduous Virtue. <laughs> arduous Virtue? Yes. Wow, okay. For As being a... consistent with the ethics and morality of freedom and liberty. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that would be arduous. Yes. Yes, to, to be consistent. That's the arduous part. Yes. Right? Uh, and yes, we all know how arduous it is to be consistent when it comes to freedom. I mean, I, I thank you guys. I thank the freedom community at large in New Hampshire for keeping me on that path of consistency because I'm human. I'm imperfect. Uh, I'm not going to do everything right 100% of the time, but I'm trying. Damn it, I'm trying. I'm trying real hard. And, like, consistency when it comes to philosophy yeah, is, you know, it's not the path of least resistance. No. Most people in today's society, at least in the United States, uh, seem to take the path of least resistance. And, Even libertarians on occasion. Uh, well, on, and on they're, they're, they're one special issue. Well, there's only two consistent positions. Either it is okay to get what you want through threats and violence, or it's not. 
if it is okay, then, well, we should really just live under totalitarian dictatorships. Well, it's it's not okay 95% of the time, but in this 5% my special case, then it must be done because there's no other way around it. Well, that sounds like an inconsistency. Capitalism has failed. Who will build the roads? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we really shouldn't beat each other up, but, you know, you own your children, so you can just beat them whenever you want to, t- for their own good. I, and ju- and because we have that relationship there, why wouldn't we have that relationship with Big Daddy government? I was, I was on my way here, I'm not going to share the name of it, but I was listening to a libertarian anarchist-styled podcast, mm-hmm. and they intimated that without the government intervention, people are just too too selfish to actually put together community plumbing. Right. We would not have plumbing or the electrical grid if it weren't for the oversight of the government. We couldn't possibly agree I, on anything unless there was someone forcing us to do from, it. From an anarchist podcast. Wow. I, well, no, no. They, I, I'm, I'm pulling their card. You pull their card, I'll tell you who it is off air. Okay. But yeah, no, at that point, you are no longer an anarchist podcast. You are a minarchist podcast. Fair. I uh, had a, um, so when you're a, um, I don't know, what's the, what's the word, a, 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 a budding uh, anarchist, okay. libertarian, when you're sure. sort of coming out of the fog of statism. Just a and, wee bit of anarchism. You know, you're, you're trying to become that guy who like can have some discussions with other okay. people and when people say things that are contrary to philosophy. You, would you, you maybe, like, would you, you maybe call them an apprenticeist? An apprenticeist. That is a nice neologism. Portmanteau as well. I try. Yes. All right, continue. So the portmanteau for tonight is apprentarchist. That's an apprentice anarchist, for those of you not paying attention or playing the home game. Not be confused with a printarchist, who believes that printing should be the ruler of all. (laughs) PC load letter. (laughs) PC load letter. Uh, so, I can't say the rest of that. So at any rate, I'm at some dive bar in the Seattle, Washington area, and there's this obvious lefty uh, bartender guy. I'm, okay. I'm hanging out with this chick from Australia who reminded me a lot of like a very young Olivia Newton-John, for those of you who are old enough to know who Olivia Newton-John is. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I'm talking to her about stuff, and she's digging it, and she's talking to me about stuff, and I'm digging her or whatever. And then he he says something, and I'm like, I'm like, dude, look, the government is just totally unnecessary. And he just like you could see his face got red, right? He started like spittle starts oh, coming out the mouth, foaming and, at the yeah, mouth. Yeah, he's like, he's like, what, what? Do you want feces and urine just streaming out into the streets? Because that's what'll happen if there's no government. He's like yelling at well, the top of his lungs. Like, the whole bar. There are cities in the world where there are just feces and urine pouring out into the streets. Like and San Francisco. last yeah. I checked, had a government. Yeah. In fact, a lot of it. Yeah, so the the whole entire bar, like you know, kind of hushed up as this guy was going on his. Ooh, you the know, captain's taking on the bartender. His Everyone rant. crowd around. Yeah, and so I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna tab out. Oh, you know, right. I was just, I I couldn't deal with spittle guy. Okay, right. Plus, I got this like hot Australian blonde. I'm trying to, you know, and I'm like, hey, do you wanna? And she's like, sure, because she was like, this guy's freaking out, man. You know, so whatever I, whatever it is I said to him hurt him so 
that he had to get all as a bartender serving people. Like you're not even <laughs> supposed to take an opinion as a bartender. You, you know right? what, bro? You know what, bro? Calm down. Here's my card. I do this seven nights a week. Just give us a call. Right between seven and ten p.m. <laughs> Eastern time. So I, I will happily re-engage. I will be happy to have this conversation when it actually benefits me. On the clock. Exactly. I'll do just about anything you want on the clock. Right? Right? That's what capitalism is all about. Yeah. My co my coworker texted me before I went to work the other day. He's like, hey, can you stop off and like pick me up, pick me up a pack of smokes? And I was like, no, because I'm not on the clock yet. <laughs> right. <I'll> just, <laughs> let me get to work, and then we maybe take a break to go do that sort of thing on the clock. Favors and the like, not really my thing. Yeah, especially for that. Like, I'm stop. It's like, waste yeah, five yeah, but you know they're twenty a pack now, right? Well, and that's twenty the thing. a pack. Yeah, I thought about it now. afterward. Like I could have negotiated, but you know, I kind of know how much money he's walking I, around with, and I don't uh, think he would have paid twenty. Wait, how much are cigarettes? It's probably closer to ten here. Oh. When I left, when I left Hawaii five years ago, a gas station I was working at, they're nary a pack under ten bucks. And I can just imagine what that has spiked in the last five years since I've left. Yeah, I just figured they were about 15. When when I quit smoking more than more than a decade ago now, so probably 15 years or so, uh, it was like if you wanted like the quality cigarettes, if you wanted like American spirits or something like that, you're paying 10, 11 bucks a pack. Yeah, but like Marlboro and Camel and Winston, they were all still probably like you could find them at eight bucks, you know, thereabouts. So I can only assume it's doubled by now. Yeah, if you know how much cigarettes cost at a store near you, six zero three two eight three six one six zero is the number for you to call. This uh, is going to sound moderately racist because it was a black dude that came in for a pack of smokes, and I went, "Let me guess, Newports." And it was like, yeah, how'd you know? It's because he was wearing a Newport shirt. It had nothing to do with <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah. My my most hated, because I used to work in a convenience store, uh, and my most hated pack of cigarettes because it didn't fit. You know how above the counters at the convenience store they have oh, the big the giant Virginia cigarette? Slims? Not just that. Oh, okay. It was the, I call them vagina slimes. The super slims? But Virginia, Virginia slims. Ultralight 120s. Okay. Ooh. So, like, there's regular size cigarettes. Yep. And then there's a little bit longer cigarettes called 100s. Yep. I don't know why they're called 100s. Some sort of a millimeter, ver- you know, I don't know, measurement or something. But then there's one bigger, and they're the 120s. And what happens is these packs of cigarettes sort of stick out yep. of their, their, their chosen slot at said convenience store, and they're also the easiest ones to sort of fall out. If you just accidentally brush against them, one or two packs are going to fall out because of the overhang. Yeah. Right, yeah. And so they annoyed me, and so that's why I hated them. We and have- and there was like one customer that smoked them. That's it, one. There wasn't. It wasn't like there were 20. And female. And Of course. Of course. Uh, it was like this one lady came in randomly. Like, we couldn't even count on her, right? It's like, it's not like... Oh, she's buying one pack of these every day at, you know, morning time on her way to work or whatever. No, it was just a random thing where she would come in and be like, can I get uh, the Virginia Slims ultralight 120s? And we were like, sure. And we knew right where they were because she was the only one that ordered them. She'd already had them ready when you saw her walk in. Just right here for it. If you're good at your job, yes. If you're not, then no. Okay. Uh, And so, like, that was my most hated brand of cigarettes. My favorite brand. 
of course, was the uh, Lucky Strike. No. Oh. Uh, I'm trying to remember the the acronym now. It was the GPC. Okay. Right. These are the most generic cigarettes you can get. Uh, there were there was like this rotating series of cigarettes uh, from time to time. Uh, not series, but like rotating names of stuff that I can't even remember all the different generic types of cigarettes that would roll through. And basically, they were just well crappy cigarettes with a lot of filler or a lot of air. Right. Very yep. little cigarette. Uh, but the GPCs for whatever were a little closer to, like, the regular brands, like the Marlboro and the Camel and the Winston, stuff like that. And so the GPCs would try and be the cheapest, but then you'd have some other fly-by-night brand come in yep. and try and compete with them and be, like, $0.05 cents or $0.10 cents cheaper or whatever. And you'd stock them for a while, and people would stop buying them after a while when they realized that, like, oh, hey, it takes me, like, one minute to smoke one of these, but it takes me three and a half minutes to smoke a GPC, right? So eventually, uh, it, GPC is sort of like ruled the generic market. They were the generic cigarette. They were probably repackaged Camels or whatever, or okay. Winston's or Marlboro's or some mix of all of those. Uh, they won out. And so uh, uh, people would, uh, there was that, that, that song, are, are You Down With OPP? Yes. Right. And people yeah, would be like, me. yeah, I'm down with GPC. Right. You know, so that became a thing amongst the customers. Uh, and uh, they would order those. Uh, and they were inexpensive comparatively. Yeah. Every now and again, somebody like Marlboro or Camel or Winston or somebody like that would run like a three-pack special, and they'd bring you in like a whole box of like in a special three-pack package yep. or whatever. I remember when Camel was doing Camel Bucks. Oh, yeah. These trifold little mini yeah. brochures that were supposed to be like a Camel dollar, and you would collect these Camel dollars. My and- ex had a bunch of those. A little wallet and buy camel merchandise. A friend of mine got um, the Camel Joe leather jacket. He saved so many of these. Uh, another friend of mine got the Camel Joe dartboard. Nice. Uh, and somebody that they know, I don't know this person, uh, would not only smoke himself, but go around and collecting them from other smokers as That's much a good as he way could. To do it. And he ended up with the Camel pool table, which nice. is like the highest, yeah. most prestigious. A smoking award that you could achieve using these camel bucks. A brilliant marketing strategy, in my opinion, uh, from the cigarette manufacturer. However, like, it's like, hey, thanks for killing yourself for us. Well, whatever. <laughs> you know? it's, a, it's a voluntary choice. It, I, I had one customer come in who was like a Japanese tourist. And it, he, it's he, voluntary up until you're addicted. Well, all right. Right? Which I doesn't mean, take long. Okay. You know? It's like, still like I quit smoking. I've said this before on this show and other shows. I didn't quit smoking uh, as a result of me making a healthy choice. I tried to, right? Okay. I tried the patch. I tried the Chantix. I was early on in the e-cigarette movement before vaping became a thing. I had one of the early e-cigarettes with the nicotine juice. I just want um, to know where the line is between my decision and someone else's responsibility for my lifestyle. Well, I mean, you should ultimately be responsible, and okay. you are ultimately responsible. All right. I ended up quitting smoking, not because of a decision to be healthier or because I used some other product to help get me off of the nicotine. Right. I quit smoking because somebody questioned my philosophy. Yeah. I went on a rant at a friend of mine's, you know, a friend of mine was in a band, they were at a show, we're out in the smoking area, they had an outdoor fenced-in smoking area. And as budding libertarians are wont to do, 
I went off on some sort of a rant about how you're all slaves to government, right? I'm like, look, mm-hmm. blah, 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 this and that and the other thing, and you're all freaking slaves to the government, right? I went off with this rant. My friend Mike overheard this. He was the singer in one of the bands that was playing that night. And so he comes up to me after the rant is over. He's like, so uh, so you really don't like being a slave, huh? You, you don't think people should be slaves? I'm like, that's right. You know, and I'm all on my high horse or whatever, right? And he's like, well, uh, then you should put down that cigarette because you're R.J. Reynolds' bitch. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you're their slave. You give them money, they take part of your life. How is that not slavery? And I'm like, whoa, that's I, I've never heard that before, right? And I just kind of blew. I'm like, yeah, whatever, Mike, go do your show, you know. But like, I, I heard that in my head for the rest of the night. You're R.J. Reynolds' bitch. You're their slave, right? And so I end up, you know, I go home after the show's over. I'd been drinking the whole night. Usually what, what ruined my quitting smoking, right? I could quit for like a week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever. But then I'd go to the bar and have a cocktail, and then I'd be like, nope, got to have a smoke, right? That's usually what ruined my streak of quitting. Okay. Uh, this time, I was drinking, you know, and smoking. And he was like, well, if you don't like slavery, then you should yourself not be a slave. That was his point. I get the point. And, and he was saying that I was a slave to RJ, or whoever, right? Whoever made the cigarettes. So I go home that night, like all night I'm hearing this, and I can still hear it now. You're R.J. Reynolds' bitch, right? When I talk about it, every time I talk about it, I'm outside having my like before I go to bed cigarette, and I just keep hearing this, and I'm like, I really am R.J. Reynolds' bitch. And I put that cigarette up. That was the last cigarette I ever had. So I quit for philosophical reasons. Yeah. Right? I mean, again, I get it, but they didn't force you to, to smoke the first one, right? They weren't. They didn't make you buy sure. any additional pack, right? Like that was all you. Like you've you voluntarily Agreed. entered into a life of servitude. Agreed. Okay, but, and then exited just as easily. Right, but well, I was I was only no. able to exit. That is not how smoking works. Exiting is not just as well, easily. He, he said he just I just up and quit. I just decided I wasn't going to be. A yeah, slave, but that was but after trying every other method available to me to quit. Okay. <laughs> It wasn't until it hit me philosophically okay. that I was able to see the reason to quit. Okay. Right? To, and, until, that's, and that's cognitive dissonance working the way it should. When you're like, no, I identify as a non-slave every time that the nicotine craving hits you. And you're like, no, I will not be R.J. Reynolds' bitch anymore. That, that's exactly what happened. Like, every time I had that craving, I'm like, screw you. I've given you enough of my life's effort, right? Like slavery is taking someone's life effort. Overt slavery is taking 100% of their life effort. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, sort of slavery light is taking a percentage like the state does, right? I mean, yeah, sure, they're taking they're taking a portion of your life, but they're taking a portion on the back end, and theoretically you're getting a benefit on the front end. What benefit was I getting? Whatever the nicotine high is that keeps people going back to nicotine. Which, that to was, be fair, there's is, no, there's actually a tremendous number of benefits that you get from tobacco. It's just not worth the cost. Well, I, for look, people who make that choice. I saw no benefit at all once I thought about it philosophically. I'm like, what benefit am I getting? Do I look cool? No. Is it good for my health? No. Uh, are they? Am I, in fact, shortening my life? For every cigarette that I smoke, they don't call them nails in the coffin for nothing, yeah. right? So every cigarette you smoke, you're actually losing yeah. some minutes off of your life right. and paying for the privilege of losing those minutes to a company that doesn't care about you. But it's still minutes on the back end for the immediate benefit. 
That's what I'm saying. But there, but there was no benefit for you. For well, some people, there are. Oh, I, I mean, I, I I definitely experienced plenty of benefits from tobacco. The only benefit it's I just ever that the got. cost was way too high. The only benefit, and you made that choice individually, right? The only benefit I can say that I got was because I was also a marijuana smoker. Was that if you smoke marijuana, and then you wait a minute, and a little while later you have a cigarette, you increase your buzz by something like ten percent. Mm. That's the okay. only quote so there's benefit. That. Uh, there's the uh, uh, for one thing, it's an anger suppressant, which in my case it was an absolutely useful thing because I am a very angry person because I know what is going on in the world, right. and that kind of puts me on anger at all times. And uh, I was oh, there I live too on that edge. I, right, I, I was there too, and yes, it was. I don't know if it was effective at that, but it was certainly a reason for me to get away when I was angry, like something, you know, angered me at work or whatever that I'm, I'll be back. I got to go have a cigarette. Right. You know, it's kind of like alcohol. Oh, I got to go have a drink. Right. You know, something irks you and you're like, ah, I need a drink. Right. You know, ah, I need a cigarette. You would do that. Uh, The only other benefit that I saw was in the work environment. Right. If you you get extra breaks. Well, okay. All right. I don't know about extra but non-smokers don't get cigarette breaks. They do. Everybody gets the same amount of breaks, at least in the corporate environments that I worked at. All right. However, you know, the non-smokers just wouldn't do anything. They'd like, oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom, you know, you know, search the internet, going to go get a cup of coffee or whatever. Instead of the smokers who are like racing down to the smoking area to like choke down two if they can during their 10 minute break or whatever it is. Right. Uh, so anyway, the other benefit that I... Uh, and it's sort of a, even a weird side benefit is that you, when you start a new job and you learn who the smokers are, you kind of know who the, quote, cool people, unquote, are. Mm-hmm. Right? And that is to say, if you're a cigarette smoker, odds are you also smoke marijuana. Odds are you also drink. Odds are you see things differently than the rest of the world because, you know, at least when I was growing up, there was this huge oppression of cigarette smokers. Cigarette mm-hmm. smoking so went I'm for not like one of the cool kids, huh? Well, and it's been associated with uh, anti-establishment people ever since the Macy's parade. Yeah, when it was uh, connected to feminism, which was like actually interesting at the time. That's uh, how they got chicks hooked on it. That's true, <laughs> indeed. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. It is Free Talk Live, the Saturday night edition. And we've got a whole bunch more to talk about, including a man who left a voicemail who's looking at five years in federal prison. This is Free Talk Live. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by that treasury. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya Protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash Dash.org. Yeah! 
Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Saturday Night Edition. It is now oh. safe to unmute the microphones. It, it and I, I, I did. Yeah, yeah. If I did, I don't think I could hear myself, much less you, saying those things. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero is the phone number if you would like to join us here live on the radio on uh, one hundred and eighty or so radio stations, plus the internet, plus some satellite stations. On Free Talk Live. In the studio tonight, it is myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me, Peakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. Uh, a little later tonight at 10.30 p.m., we will be doing the uncensored Beard Talk Live uh, with all three of us because, well, we are bearded fellows, like I think. Bearded bellows. Yeah. There's a town up in, uh, up in Vermont called Bellows Falls. I call it fellows balls because why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Right? You know. Why anyway. not spoonerize? Yeah. Is that what that is? Steal so that spoonerism. spoonerism? Yeah. Not yeah. no relation to Lysander though. No relation that I know of. Okay. All right. But yeah, that's why I just flipped a syllable. Yeah. You know. Just um, older brother Phil. I, I think I've done that to you once. I called you meekless pountaineer. Mm. Is that spoonerizing? Yeah. Okay. That's spoonerizing. All right. All right. Yeah. Shout out to Zilch the Tory Steller. I can't do that with Rich E. Rich because it's still Rich E. Rich if you Clever. do it. Yeah, which like sort of negates the Spoonerism. You have an anti-Spoonerism name. It's true. By so design. Out. <laughs> uh, we do take phone calls, so let's go to this unscreened caller. You're on you Free Talk Live. Itch, What's your itch. name, please? Hi. Good evening. Um, this is Tony from Central Virginia, and I just want to call in about uh, smoking. Uh, I was yeah. Just got a good little story about uh, I'm a merchant seaman, and I uh, started. Uh, You're a seaman merchant. Merchant seaman. Oh, okay. He's just a gigolo. Our mistake. And when I when I when I first started in the early '90s, uh, I got on board the ship. I was 21. I got on the ship, and I was the only person on the whole ship that didn't smoke. So you was talking before about how people got breaks. Well, that would work. I, I, we would be cleaning tanks, and uh, the guys would come out of the tanks to uh, have a cigarette, and they would leave me down there. Right. And, <laughs> and then finally I said, hey, screw this. I'm going to start smoking too. And <laughs> sure enough, I, I started smoking and smoked for 25 years. Uh, and that's how they get you. Yeah, oh, you know, it was it was said, hey, these guys are taking a break. I think I'm going to take a break, too. So I, I just bummed a cigarette off of them, and eventually I, I started smoking, too. Uh, but I, I quit uh, just for health benefits. But uh, tonight, uh, when you guys were talking, uh, I have a pipe here. And uh, I said, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna." Uh, you guys were the, I hadn't even turned the uh, tuned in yet. Uh-huh. And, uh, now I'm gonna light the pipe and have a pipe, uh, smoke a pipe tonight. And then we, you guys, got in this uh, this conversation, and I said, "Oh, I gotta call in and let these guys know, man." I, I am I the resident never smoker here, but I really like the elegance of pipes. I love the uh, smell I, of pipe smoke, pipe tobacco. Okay, like there's not yeah. a lot of secondhand smoke that smells great. There's, I just, there's some yeah. cigars that like yeah. I'm like oh that's a good smelling cigar like you just know you're like oh some cigars are like Ugh. but like pipe tobacco for whatever reason just smells great to me. I d- I just yeah. want an e pipe to blow cherry flavored O rings like an e vape pipe. I, yeah, 
I enjoy having one every once in a while. And uh, and but you was talking before you you was a slave to R.J. Reynolds. Um, I grew up in West Virginia, and we grew tobacco. Even even still, we grew tobacco, and I never messed with it until got on a ship. Uh, but you know, it's still you can still if you if you really enjoyed it, you could you could grow a few plants yourself and smoke your own tobacco. Yeah. I, I I don't do that myself, but uh, it, 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 you know it depends really on where you live. You like could. there there are some states that like don't allow that. Still, oh really? Yeah, there there are oh, some places that's... where like if you just have a couple of plants like either in your backyard or in of your tobacco? basement of tobacco. Okay, where like that's as illegal as growing a marijuana plant wow. in some places. Yeah. Okay. But well, I, I tell you what, there's no harder. I grew up on a. A rock farm in West Virginia. It's pretty much I call it rock farm because that's pretty much what it was. We just digging up rocks and growing stuff. But we did grow tobacco, and that is one of the hardest crops because it's it's almost a yearly thing. In the morning of the spring, you have to burn off a big patch and uh, uh, and 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 plant the seeds, mm-hmm. and then you have to get it up so far, and then you have to transplant it. And then uh, on in the summer, and then you hoe it and and sucker it and top it and pick it, and then you gotta. It, it's really a mess. Uh, it, it's it's a very. We hard, should have people uh, for that. A, yeah, well, I guess we did one time. <laughs> <laughs> well, wow. yeah. Now, now it's now it's just poor poor West Virginians and poor Kentucky people. Well, I ain't gonna say that, but yeah, but it, it is a very very hard and uh, strenuous. Uh, time-consuming job. Tony, how long did it take you to quit from the time you decided to until the time you were actually done? Mm. Well, I'm, I was like you. I, I, every time I had a beer, I wanted one. Uh-huh. So uh, I, I could I could quit through the through the day, no problem, uh, until I had a drink, and then I, I want one. And to di- I, I have quit probably it's probably been fifteen years since I smoked. Okay, uh, a regular. Yeah, but even even today. When I have a, a drink, I, want, I still crave a cigarette. I crave it. I, I want it. I, I'm, I, I, I t- I'm done with the cravings. I just, um, like, I still enjoy secondhand smoke from time to time. Like, if yeah. there's a group but of people see, smoking, you know, 30 feet away from the entrance of a building or something, I might just go stand there for a minute just to be like, ah, I remember when I was a smoker. Right? I'll have that I, nostalgia. I, 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 right. Get away from us, loser. Yeah, I, or grab a cigarette. <laughs> you will yeah. die with yeah. us or go away. We gave you the whole restaurant. <laughs> Give us this one little parcel of sidewalk. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I'm going to let you guys go. I truly enjoy you guys' program. I listen to you probably every night. Awesome. Uh, Tony, thank you so much for the call, man. You have a great night, too. We'll talk to you the next time. Uh, six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Let's go to Squidward calling from his mom's basement somewhere in California. You're on Free Talk Live from the Batcave. Uh, uh, it's your it's boy. not logically inconsistent to advocate for some aggression. That's how ignorant and uh, about logic and morality libertarians are. It's your boy. You falsely irra- and irrationally equate morality with non-aggression. It's your boy. No, he's actually and, getting and to the point. Like Let him get any, to the point. Any set of action that intersects the two isn't necessarily morally inconsistent. So shut up about that. And true morality that is consistent with the true market is evolutionary profit, not not aggression. All right. The so how do you define morality? How do you define morality? 
I just did. Evolutionary profit. We were too right? busy talking over that's, you. Trigger. That's not a and definition of morality. You well, yes, it is evolutionary profit. But you didn't. You have to ask what the definition of evolutionary profit is. Is what you mean? No, we're not doing right. a tautology no. here. Yeah, he already asked you. If that's what, what if you that's it's your it's definition of morality, he just asked what is your definition of morality, not another term for your definition you of morality, not profit, the term right? for your path of morality, but what is the idea? It's evolutionary profit. Morality is given to us by evolution, right? It selects what morality uh, is. It forces morality to converge uh, to something. Squidward. And well, evolutionary capitalism has identified what that is. And what is evolutionary that? Profit. What's evolutionary capitalism? Uh, morality based on evolutionary profit, like real markets. Markets work on profit, not aggression. Not non aggression. But okay. you're, well, it hold, doesn't care about non aggression. Right, hang on. Well, well, hold, hold, hold on. Hold on. For don't, just make, a second. don't make me put you on hold, bro. Now. If it, will, it, will if it requires, done. I mean, if it requires a market for this to happen, then don't we need to have some amount of peace in order to get to a market? Because if you have someone who's like you, you will trade this with this person. You, you will just give me that. Why? Because I have the gun. Well, then we're not actually having a market. We we might even have a thing that is a farce of a market that appears to be a market, but it's not actually a market because it doesn't have this element called choice where I make my decision about whether or not that is worth trading for what I have. All right. Complete, you don't need complete consensual relationships. First off, here's the difference between... What? Uh, like who, who doesn't need complete consensual relationships? Apparently why, why his girlfriend. Do you, why, don't, why don't you stop interrupting me? Here's why don't you stop yelling at us every time you call? Thanks for the call. Oh, all right. I'm done with that guy. All right. That guy's such a evolutionary moron. <laughs> As the foremost expert on evolutionary capitalism, I would just like to say. You are my favorite evolutionary capitalist. Mm. He's, he's the what best. What would you like to say? Well, I I don't necessarily have a problem with his use of that term. Like, the dude doesn't know how to have a conversation. He just wants like, to I'm right near well, That's all I hear. Let's, let's talk about He's like, like if Twitter had a body. <laughs> let's talk about his incentives for a moment, then. Like, okay. I, I will right, I'll yes. be on his side right. ever so briefly. Go ahead. Uh he has learned evolutionary over time that if he starts to do dumb stuff at the beginning of the call, we don't let him get to his point. So now he's incentivized to ramble off his entire point at the very beginning of the call, else he's not going to get it out. So I evolutionarily, that, evolutionarily, he's consistent with learned behavior and t- and changing his behavior to suit the evolution. I appreciate just... the change. I appreciate okay. the evolution from weird voice and creepy words to let's not do that, and I'll just mm-hmm. get to my point. See, however asinine it might in fact be. Right. Like, there's there's another caller. I'm not going to like summon him. Right. But he talks really fast. Beetlejuice. And I'm sure that <laughs> I'm I'm sure that at some point. Right. When again, <laughs> stop summoning calling. <laughs> Unless these are the people you really want to talk Jerome? to. Jerome? I kind of miss Jerome. No, but he, he talks really fast, and it's probably because when you call into other shows, right, they don't give you the chance to right. yeah. fully flush out your thoughts and opinions. Yeah, it reminds so, me of uh, a guy who was on Bill O'Reilly, and like you know, one of our kind of people. Yeah. And he like watched them, and he's like, "Okay, I get exactly three point seven eight seconds on average before he interrupts me." So right. if I can get my point down to three point seven eight seconds, this is the calculation seconds. Squidward is doing. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. 
which he did. He's like, all right. And he managed to get like a a really, you know, uh, anti-establishment thought out over the very establishment airwaves because he did that. So you you learn from past mistakes and you change your behavior to accommodate the future situation. But we learn from the past that people seldom learn from the past. I mean, well, but he's but it's consistent with his philosophy of evolution. Right. Well, my issue there is like people keep using this uh, word capitalism to mean completely different things. Mm -hmm. Like some people use it to mean the system we have right now, which is basically corporatist fascism. Right. Yeah. It's corporatism. It's fascism, whichever way you want to. Crony capitalism. Exactly. Whatever. Yeah. Whereas what I like is free markets. Okay. And a free market is one where no one is being coerced into an action, and right. that's why they're valuable. Well, then, pro tip then, right, know your audience, right? Like, when, when I'm talking to normies and muggles in the world, right, I will, I will use the term libertarian because they understand what that means, and it's a close enough approximation, right, for, for my belief system. Yeah. Do they? Generally, huh. they have an idea. But when like, I'm in a room full of libertarians, right, I'm the anarchist. Right. Because the libertarians know what that means. Mm, right. Right. And then in a room full of anarchists, I have to hyphenate that so to to differentiate myself from the anarcho communist right. or the syndicalist and the mutualist. Because they have a different understanding of the term anarchism mm, than I do. Right. Right. So I use all of them like interchangeably depending on the audience. I mean when you're talking to normies and you use the term capitalism. You have to understand that they believe capitalism to be the current structure and situation. Mm. So I'll hyphenate that. Anarcho-capitalism. Right. Well, what does that mean? It's like all the free trade you want without the state intervention. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's why I try to... There's a handful of words I really try to avoid using. And capitalist is, and capitalism, uh, that's, that's one of those terms that right. I really like to avoid using because of the confusion. Communism is another one. that, Like, oh, by communism, do you mean like that guy on his farm? Or do yeah. you mean the guy with the gun who's taking your stuff? And these are opposite ideas, but they'll use, different people will use the same word. Right. I li- right. That's why I like voluntarist. I forget to use it frequently yeah. uh, or more frequently than I like. But I like the term because it sort of encompasses my personal uh, ideologies, if you will, or yeah. how I've, I've come to them uh, in almost every circumstance. Now... That's uh, even more of an in-group term, though. It is. Mm. Regular people have no cons- – they are, oh, you want people to be volunteering for everything? Well, right? It but, sends them down that it path does and lead, also right. wrong. But it does lead them to fewer wrong conclusions. Okay. So, like, if you Google voluntarism, as a uh, lovely bumper sticker I saw said, then you will find out, yeah, that, the thing that we actually believe in. Okay. Whereas if you Google anarchism, oh, man, who knows what you're going to find then? I mean, you might find all sorts of Marxist nonsense. Yeah, and right. there's yeah. I mean, there have been anarchist thought, anarchist books, right? Anarchist teachings going back. Uh, one of the things I have in show prep, either for tonight or for Beer Talk Live later, is talking about Ireland and their somewhere between one and nine thousand years of I'm going to call it anarchism or at least voluntarism, non-government human organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we'll get to that later. But like describing that to somebody today, I think can only be described as voluntarism. So here, okay. Yeah, do, do I say, oh, I'm a too often. Right. <laughs> so this is this is going to be disputed and I don't have the source in front of me. So I, if you really need me to flesh this out. a magic rectangle? No, I do, but I'm not going to be able to find it. It's okay. like, it's a little esoteric 
and I had it saved as a PDF on my old phone or tablet, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to source it immediately. So there's there's like the grandfather of voluntarism, right, who like wrote literally wrote the book, and I forget his name, but I did I researched this within the last three or four months. Okay. Right? And then so I'm like, I'm reading through his little pamphlet on voluntarism, mm-hmm. and at one point towards the end of the pamphlet, right, he advocates political use of force within the state system. It's there. It's in black and white. Yeah. Wow. Like his philosophy, the, the term that we all use, right, goes, well, if you have to use the state and it's the best way to get what you want, then go ahead and use the state. And it's in black and white wow. in the book. So we've been throwing around this term for however long we started using it, right? And it advocates use state use of force right in the original documentation. So is it voluntarist or voluntarist? Uh, tomato, tomato in uh, my book. Well, it's, well, no, no, no. If he's already screwed semantic, up one of, the, yes. one of those terms, then he hasn't screwed up the other one yet. Oh, okay. It is a semantic, <laughs> yes. But like, if I'm going to use one term over the other, I'd like to use okay. you know, the, the one that he hasn't co-opted. I mean, again, it's so close. It's like Mark saying that we that should. We've co-opted. I, you know, I don't. Know. Yeah. Like, Ooh, you, is it Ferdinand Tony's? Again, I wouldn't. I, uh. I, I, I need, I need more than an eight-minute break to like source this. Back any, up. any of you ladies out there who are gonna have a kid, Ferdinand? Yes, consider that as a name. But it's, it's akin to Mark going, "Oh, you guys should call yourselves autarchists because it's more realistic to what you truly are." It's Instead of anarchy, like we ought except to. that that term's already like an autocratic dictator. That right. term's different, already been different screwed term. Up. Is that's autocrat, not mm. autark, mm. right? Oh, you see the difference there, and we get muddled in this nonsense. If if you support like benevolent dictatorship, are you a dictarchist? You'd be Hoppian at that point. Oh, okay. Hoppian, along. I like Hoppians in my beer, like. I'm I'm just thinking of like like Triple H, Hans Harman Hoppe, Peter Cottontail, hopping down the bunny trail. Wait, no. wait, we had a professional wrestler w- who was into uh, uh, anarcho-capitalist philosophy. Woo! Yeah, Triple H. Oh, sorry. the original was, Triple H. I was right. thinking of Flairism. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I I do love the men's. Uh, I mean, it might it might not be perfect, but I do love the uh, argumentation ethics. The idea of like, okay, either what we're doing is based on force or it's not. And if we're not doing something based on force, then you've already agreed to all of these things. So uh, I get to be responsible for my actions, and you get to be responsible for yours. Let's go to the phones. We've got Dana calling from Michigan. Dana, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. Hey, I was um, moving around trying to get some things done, so I focused on what was said and not who. Which one of you just said that scooters sounded like if X had a body? Twitter. I said if Twitter peakless. had a body. That was, yeah, yeah peakless Mountain. Well, X, X is Twitter. the new Twitter. Yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. Formerly known as. That, that was peakless no, Mountaineer. Not, this isn't a, a peakless set. It isn't just about, this is, it has nothing to do with Scooter. That, what you said, was so brilliant. So I appreciate profound. it. X, now, I don't, I've never been on social media, never will, but we all know what Twitter is, or X. Yeah, I'm um, never. I'm yeah. never going to call it that. I'm not going to call it X. I'm not going to call Facebook Meta. Like, no, right. no. You've already branded right, yourself. Right, right. You don't get to right. unbrand. Right, but but right, and I I I really uh, agree with you. But I'm not. I don't partake in that. But I'm so familiar about it. Mm. The people who have opinions, especially celebrities, like they think that people really care what they think about. But oh, it, I wish it's they didn't. So funny. 
and the brilliance in what you said, Peekless, was both in its truth, because if you know Twitter, even if you don't partake in it like myself, that that's exactly who those well, people are. Well, and and in, in so wait a minute, in its simplicity, <laughs> it was just so profound. I'm going to use that again and again and again. <laughs> Well, and I mean, the thing is, it's it the the format kind of forces people into this. I mean, not forces, but like it, it inclines them automatically to their their very worst selves. I mean, when you yeah. have the the smaller the bandwidth that you can convey information, the more polarizing the information ends up being. Mm. Uh, yeah. And the fact that it's uh, an incredibly tiny bandwidth, and there's no cost for it. So, yeah. and that it's instant. And, like, as far as I know, there's still no take-backs on that. Like, you can delete it entirely, but you can't, like, uh, uh, change what you said. There's no edit button. There's just a delete button. Right. Well, I just wanted to give whoever it was, and in this case, B-Cliff, a shout-out. Because that was, I just, I laughed out loud. I, You know, one of those burst laughs, those where you almost blow and laugh. Ah, the guffaw. The knee slapper. L-L-O-L. Literally laughed out loud. I just have a quick question. Um, so what is the, um, I know that Ian got eight years. I know they won't let him out uh, uh, while he's appealing. Uh, the next step is an appeal. Mm-hmm. So what are the chances? Ha- ha- can you say or have the attorneys given you any kind of inside information what's going on well no the the attorneys haven't given us really any inside information they are working you know on the appeal on all of the counts in which he was convicted so they're not they're not you know parsing them out they're not saying we're only going to appeal this one they're appealing the whole damn thing so the the idea is that uh, they are gunning for a whole new trial based on the fact that while, yes, a jury did say you're guilty, the evidence did not support the jury's decision is is the direction that I believe that they're going. Now, just knowing generally the appeals process, uh, it is a fact that sometimes the appeals process takes longer than a sentence uh, because government does not want to do anything quickly or efficiently uh, and that kind of a thing. So there's a chance that uh, while the appeals process is forthcoming and the attorneys, at least for Ian, believe that uh, innocence is on his side and the evidence did not show uh, his guilt, that it is possible that the government drags their heels so much that this thing can't get done quickly, never mind the, uh, you know, whatever they say about a right to a speedy trial and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, well, is he going to get that deal where you get one, uh, something like one one day um, reduced sentence for good behavior for every day served? Well, there there is a, you know, we'll call it a program in place for those who are incarcerated to earn. Uh, they don't call it good behavior now. They call it something, a good time or something like that. Uh, <laughs> good times. Yeah, good times. Right. Good uh, time getting out of there. Right. Uh, so... Uh, there is that in place, and in fact, uh, we are hoping uh, that Arya, uh, who's also incarcerated now, uh, receives some of that in her sentence so that we can see her uh, before Porkfest of 2024. So we'll Wait, see what happens. Well, how, long was, how long was Arya's sentence? 18 months. Eight, how, did, how did Ian get eight years then? 
Yeah. Because he was yeah. the ringleader. That's a real the sophisticated question. Because he didn't take criminal. a plea. And yeah. thank you for the call, Dana. We appreciate you. 603-283-6160. If you'd like to call, comment on anything we've been talking about, change the subject, bring up whatever's on your mind. It's called Free Talk Live for a reason. And we've got more. Hour two of Free Talk Live is coming up. Eleutheromania, the insatiable desire for freedom. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. or as I like to call it, the evolution. Because changing your mind requires no violence. Evolutionary capitalism here on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about about that. I don't, you know. Squidward well, I mean, depending on how it. you look at it, we we do like things to evolve, and we do like free markets, so we just don't do what Squidward does. Yell at people on the radio? Yell that, and, okay. you know, advocate the use of violence and uh, aggression. He claims and... to be the only one not advocating that. Oh, he definitely advocates violence. He's made that yeah. statement. Yeah. Okay. Yes. He, he is for it and would like to see more of it. I'm his... the only real anarchist, and that's why I advocate violence. Why is he harshing on us for the, the saying the nap doesn't prevent violence then? Well, that makes no sense. I mean, so if I just go, "Hey, I subscribe to the nap." Yeah. What violence have I prevented? It's your own. Okay. Okay, and that's that's right. And so that's his point: is that uh, if you subscribe to the nap and you are nonviolent, except in the case of self-defense, uh, then you have prevented no violence, right? As we well, see, where states are still being very well, violent to each except- other these days. If you look at, like, for example, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, Mm -hmm. like, this isn't a program that people go home and do on their own because that doesn't work. So when you're trying not to do a terrible thing that you really want to do, you actually need people to encourage you to be like that. Hold me back. Hold me back. Basically, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So if we gather around each other. Don't let me get to them. Like uh, virtually or physically and and encourage each other that, yes, we can find ways that don't require threats of force in order to get everything done. That keeps us on the straight and narrow. All right. So segue here. You folks remember, by folks I mean Peakless and Richie, you remember some time ago. There was a uh, a chronic caller who would call in almost nightly, if not nightly, and threaten a host, one of the co-founders of this show. Yes. Why threaten, are we still summoning people? Threaten him, threaten okay. his son, threaten the rest of us, other co-hosts die? on the thing. I, I have no idea. But 
Uh, there was even some, uh, you know, potential intervention, right? Like somehow law enforcement uh, was talking to the host who was threatened and like, hey, look, I'm on national radio. This guy's threatened to kill me. And they were like, ha, 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 whatever. We're I wanted, not doing anything about I it. I wanted to like jokingly offer a bounty, but I figured the FBI agents listening wouldn't take it as a joke. Well, you just have to offer the bounty to you the FBI. You are probably correct. Just What's offer that? the bounty okay. to the FBI, I think. And okay. Like, That'll work? I don't know. But right. like, it's just my, just my, uh, I'm, I'm you know, pretty sure that's like uh, bribing an official. Okay. Oh, yeah. So don't yeah. do that. Yeah. Don't right. do that. Yeah. I'll I tell mean, you guys off. In America, you can't do that. In most countries, you can actually get away with that, but not here. It was actually pretty funny. Like it wasn't America's, like for his life. America's really funny. weird about its corruption. Like we demand sophistication well, in our corruption. Yeah, you I can't mean, just bribe your officials. You got to bribe them this way. They're they're very you good lobbyists. They're very good exactly. about institutionalizing the corruption. Like back in the yeah. day, way back in the day before like I was born. If you wanted to like, you know, get something by somebody or like hurry up through a line or something, you you like handed in the form that the state wanted you like you're at the DMV and you want to jump to the front of the line. You you handed them the form and there was a 20 behind the form or a 10 or whatever, right? You're like, "Hey, can I get in front of the line?" They're like, "Sure." Nowadays, there's just a box that you check. Do you want to spend an extra 20 bucks to move to the front of the line? Like they've institutionalized <laughs> It's like the, the fast bribery. pass at Disneyland. Right, exactly. Mm. Right. Like they've taken all For the, an extra 100 bucks. Yeah. You can wait in the shorter line. So uh, there was a story that we were trying to cover on Thursday we never got around to. Is it related to he uh, who shall not be named? Is, it is. Okay. So, I mean, at least in a juxtaposition, All right. right? Because with Free Talk Live, here we had a chronic caller who used his actual legal name, on well, the air, okay, right? It got doxed a little bit, I think. But okay, right. but but whatever, right? It totally, like, there's no question that this was this guy, right? Right, and folks knew where he lived, right? Uh, right. Listeners went out of their way to to dox him on, on that kind of a thing, right? Etc. And so on, and I think he even admitted it on air, right? There's a whole bunch you can go find the archives and find all of that stuff. So the juxtaposition to that is this. This is from Patch.com. New Hampshire man pleads guilty to threatening member of Congress. Oh, okay. Alan Poehler of Keene, New Hampshire. One of us. No. 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 Oh, no. Okay. None of us in the freedom community know him. He's no. formerly of Vermont, so we moved from Vermont to oh, Keene okay. at some point. Admits to threatening to shoot U.S. Representative Matt Gates, a Republican from Florida, saying he was, quote, coming for the gays, unquote. Matt Gates was coming for the gays, or uh, saying the congressperson. Okay, uh, yeah, Matt Gates. Who is Matt? That's Gates, what he's right? saying. Yeah. Gates, Conger- <laughs> one of them. So, like, uh, this is a national story. It just happens to be based out of yeah. New Hampshire and Keene, where the show is done from. I thought it was ironic, and I thought this story stood in great juxtaposition to uh, the threats levied upon co-hosts here at yeah. Free Talk Live because they went after him very publicly. A Keene State College student has pleaded guilty to U.S. or in U.S. District Court to a felony charge for threatening to kill a member of Congress. Felony charge, right? Protected class. Somebody, if somebody threatens to kill a you know national top broadcast radio host, national broadcast radio host, nothing. Guy threatens to kill a congressman. Felony charge, right? You find the justice in that. Alan Poehler, age 24, pleaded guilty to a single felony count 
of transmitting in interstate commerce a threat to injure the person of another on Thursday. How do you feel about that term, Peakless? Commerce. Transmitting in interstate commerce a threat against a congressman. Well, we have decided on the court of law that commerce means whatever we say it is. Okay. So everything's commerce. So this is so the threat is interstate commerce. Like a trade was made somewhere along the we give you this threat and we get Well, let's find out. In late right. March, he called a member of Congress and left a voicemail stating the following. Using the national airwaves. No, no, using just, you know, telephones. Using the national copper lines. (laughs) Or VoIP, depending, you know, most things are over the internet these days. Using the national Ethernet backend. Here is uh, what I assume is the transcription of the voicemail that this 24-year-old college kid left. Do it in your Vermont accent. I don't know that I can do this whole thing. Also, there's cussing in here, so I'm just going to do it regularly. Oh. Uh, quote. Cuss? No, I'm, oh. I'm going to try not. Okay. <laughs> Hi, my name is Alan Poller. A-L-L-A-N-P-O-L-L-E-R. This is already a PSYOP. Phone number. He spelled the name for him. Phone number, blah, 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 8931. And I just want to let you know, Representative Gates... If you keep coming for the gays, we're going to strike back. And I guarantee you, you do not want to F with us. We will kill you if that's what it takes. I will take a bullet to your effing head if you F with my rights anymore. And then, if you want to keep going down the path, you know who's next. Unquote. So, I, I gotta ask... What is he talking about? <laughs> like, if but is he a what member of rights the pink? are you are you being denied here? Is he a member of the Pink Pistols? I don't know. Okay, I don't know how a keen New Hampshire man gets this upset at a re- representative from a congressional representative from Florida. Well, because he's a national representative, right? Okay. He passes he passes he helps pass national laws that affect men in Keene. Okay, so this has something to do with oppression of homosexuals, apparently. Yes. Or his thoughts on, on that. Armed gays don't get bashed. This is true. Uh, Pollard was arrested in early April and admitted to placing the call and leaving the message. Yeah, when you spell your name out and leave a callback number, it's a PSYOP. <laughs> it can't not be. Who's well, that dumb? Well, I mean, dude. like Keene State College students? Is that where we're getting yeah, at? I, All right. You know. Uh, maybe it was a uh, you know uh, something a dare. Maybe it was a uh, you know a jump in, if you will, a uh, uh, an initiation ritual. Okay. You know, and he's like, oh yeah, to well, the Rainbow I'll, Club. I'll, uh, well, or a uh, what do you call it, a fraternity? All right, right. Like, uh, oh yeah, well, I'll one up that guy. All right. I'll call a politician and threaten to kill him or whatever. Right? You know, uh, it's hard to tell. No one actually knows at this point. Investigators said he admitted to drinking. And then left the voice message after watching videos on TikTok. All right. What are these videos on TikTok? I mean, like, uh, uh, did I miss something? Was there something in the news and, you know, my not watching it is finally biting me in the back? Look, you're just too old to know the TikTok lifestyle. Yeah. Like that's that's where these yeah, people too. get their information. These people. Like, what these, kind of information is TikTok feeding them? Because, like, I... 
there's this isn't happening, dude. Like, well, the, I, I realize you're very angry about something that is not actually occurring. How many news articles have we covered here, or just in general, right, of like the latest TikTok challenge getting someone in trouble mm. or hurt? Or injured, yeah. Right. Oh no, the latest TikTok challenge—you just jump off the moving boat and then break in their neck. <laughs> like, all right, fine. Yeah. Like that. Like I'm. I guess I'm not on TikTok enough to. Here's a TikTok challenge: do 70 on the freeway and then just jump out of your car. Yeah. Well, I'm. It wasn't doing 70, but for a while it was those idiots like jumping out the car and doing the dance next to the car, right? And then not being able to yeah. get back in the car as it plows into a tree. I've seen enough of those. Uh, not long after the arrest, the press learned the victim of the death threat was Florida Republican Rep. Matt Gates. Pollard will be sentenced in January. He faces up to five years in federal pound me in the hmm, prison and up to three years of supervised release after that, as well as a fine of up to $250,000. Well, is that what he was aiming for? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's one way to get a date. So here's a kid, I say kid, 24 years old, full-grown man. He's a kid. Full-grown man, uh, going to college, you know, gets to drinking one night, upset about something, uh, decides to call his representative and voice a concern. (laughs) That's one way to put it. (laughs) Uh, And this, now he's, you know, being prosecuted for a felony yet we can have a chronic caller call here every night for years threatening to kill one of the founders of this show and his oh, kid. oh well so they they those don't count nothing happens i mean not even multiple recordings i mean number one like you're not a politician those are little people you can threaten them that's fine Number two, this wasn't even ordinary little people. No, no, no. This was a dangerous terrorist dissident who called for the peaceful dissolution of the federal government. So the uh, the AP article is much shorter than the previous article. The AP article says, A New Hampshire man has pleaded guilty to making a threatening phone call to a member of Congress. Alan Pollard, 24, was a Keene State College student when he was accused of calling the office of a U.S. House member in March leaving a message with his name and phone number saying, if you keep on coming for the gays, we're going to strike back, and we will kill you if that's what it takes. The representative was not identified. Well, we learned that it was from the previous article. Or gays. Uh, U.S. Attorney Jane Young said Thursday the man pleaded guilty to using interstate commerce to transmit a threat of injury. They must be just... I, is Make tarring a, and feathering a thing? Is again. leaving a voicemail interstate commerce? That's why I asked Peakless for clarification. Well, according to the federal government, and I'm not kidding here. No, this is literally why the why the government is allowed to regulate everything. Like the only thing that they should have been regulating, according to the Constitution, was interstate commerce. That was the only thing. It was only supposed to be like, hey, you're in Michigan, and I'm in Nebraska, and I sold you this wheat, and you didn't give me the money for it, and now I can go to the federal government to say, hey, he owes me. That's what they were supposed to be doing. That was the the original agreement. That was what was in the Constitution. And they just decided that that applied to absolutely everything, literally including if nothing ever left the state. Yeah, that's the weird one. 
Yeah. It if is you don't sell it across. When it is not interstate. But no, so. That would be intrastate. Right. So they've but decided. But it, it affects that, the price of interstate, and therefore they get involved. Yeah. I mean, they've uh, they have wow. interpreted the rules to favor themselves. Shocker. You, you don't say. Shocking. But so, so, yeah, literally everything is commerce, according to the legal definition of the United States federal government. So I just talk to you. Hey, man, how's it going? Is commerce. That, that, why? Blinking how is, is commerce. How is that commerce? Sneezing is commerce. How is that commerce? Because the well, expectorant travels. I mean, to, to, uh, to steel I didn't man, increase the... To uh, steel man the argument, because it is absurd, uh, <laughs> the idea is that I don't know what a person might value... So I don't know what counts as valuable consideration. Maybe that sneeze was, in fact, valuable to you to see and hear. And that was his way of paying you back for something that you did for him. And therefore, commerce. Because maybe? Th- this, is my, this is my best argument. It's absolutely Because insane. value is subjective. I mean, basically, <laughs> I it, it counts as commerce because commerce is the thing that they're allowed to regulate. And that's what they want to do is regulate it. So right. it counts. So everything becomes commerce. So everything is under their purview. Got it. Bingo. <sighs> Including not commerce or not interstate. Well, nine men in very serious black robes decided that this was the way it works. And those very serious people get to tell everyone what to do. You know, okay, so here, this, you're obviously referencing the Supreme Court, at least I That's hope you the are. One. The okay. burrito Supreme Court. All right. If they're supposed to be... Sour cream and onion. If they're supposed to Olive. be like the be-all, end-all... Green peppers. Right, of, of making these decisions, mm-hmm. uh, I would have a lot better time accepting their decisions if it were more unanimous more often. Right? Like if the nine smartest people in America agree... All right, maybe I'd need to do some rethinking of myself, mm. right? But when it when it falls like six three or five four on party lines, yeah. or whatever that's worth, yeah. you know, like well, then it's well. The basic idea below. is that we have to get about our lives, and we can't get about our lives with everything undecided. So we will go with this until we have a better idea. What? Well, okay. I mean, I hear you, but then again, that that made me think of the Bitcoin people. Right, going like, please regulate us so we know what we can and cannot do. And now look. Well, so the the argument for uh, regulating Bitcoin is like, hey, there's a lot of people who would love to invest in this if there was a clear set of rules. And regulations give you a clear set of rules. Yes, they give you rules. Right. So while as long as there is not a clear set of rules, then all those people are going to hold on to their money and put it in other places. And we would like Bitcoin to become more valuable. So please give them the guidelines of what they can and cannot do with, uh, without angering you. Okay. And the government has said absolutely not under any circumstances will we ever do that. You will have to guess and we will then change the rules. The point being, don't touch it. Okay. Or we'll put you in jail when we feel like it. Or just touch it because there's no rules. That's that's the fun, right? 
for me. Well, so that's and that's the that's the other side of it is like okay, well, since you've left it completely unregulated, you haven't told us what the rules are. We'll so do what we want. The second that you have decided to get involved with it at all, you may as well just do whatever you want with it since yes. they haven't told you what the rules that are. That was the point. That's how it was pitched to me like what 13, 14 years ago. Well, and I mean it, it it's kind of like they they refuse to make a license for it. Good. I mean, good. The idea That's what we being should be advocating that, well, for. So what a license is, is he, this allows you to do what is otherwise illegal. That's the nature of a license. Well, otherwise illegal because they have deemed it to be so. Yeah, and that's right? the thing. They if are they making this illegal without making it illegal. Because even making it illegal would give us clarity. They oh, haven't made it for illegal. sure that this is a, a, a thing that is not acceptable in uh, in polite circumstances. If it's not illegal, about. I don't need a license. I, need I just to, do. I need to ask the hypothetical here. Mm. In uh, a stateless society, mm-hmm. uh, how would threats be sort of reconciled or handled? So Extreme prejudice. So, like, you know, you're a guy. You're running a business. Somebody doesn't like it. They call and leave you a voicemail and say something like, hey, man, I don't like you and the way you conduct business. Uh, and if you don't stop, I'm going to kill you. Right. Mm-hmm. So same type of scenario, but without the state, how does this get handled? Same way as every other dispute. I mean, so like it, Can you a elaborate? threat of violence is the same thing as violence. As far as the non-aggression principle goes, as far as any kind of voluntary system goes, like that is the violation of the non-aggression principle. So just like any other situation where you'd have to prove like, hey, this guy's a murderer. Okay, well, you have to prove, hey, this guy's a threatener. So what what would I, I what I think what I think would happen is that you'd end up with a bunch of voluntary uh, uh, dispute resolution organizations that probably agree on a certain set of rules that they have in common. And when things are in those rules, they will be willing to uh, deal across uh, companies in the same way that uh, different railroad companies still build tracks at the same uh, width. So if I were the person who is the target of this voicemail, somebody called, left a threatening voicemail mm-hmm. saying, hey, man, I don't like you. I don't like how you're doing business. And if you don't stop, I'm going to come and kill you. I would contact my security agency, mm-hmm. if you I wish, if, you have to, one. if yeah. I have one, should I have one, or I would go and get one if mm-hmm. I didn't, So and and turn it over to them, let them handle it. Yeah. I, I generally, I consider myself morally flexible in these arenas, and I think people who abide the non-aggression principle might say that I, I'm completely not morally flexible in these things, right? But when it comes to someone like threatening violence... Mm-hmm. And and that level of of aggression, mm-hmm. I am fine living by their values. Mm. Yeah, so if they're going to threaten me, right? Uh, just shoot first. Yeah. Right. So, so so if so uh, yeah, if someone if someone calls you up, you have every right at that point. Like you threatened me, I can now kill you. Yes. Yes. So yeah, absolutely. absolutely so right. In self brought- defense of this threat. Right. You then go on the offense to protect yourself. Here's right. one thing that people get wrong because of middle school. Uh, you can be in a fight before a punch is thrown. And if you are already in a fight, you don't have to take the first punch. You can throw first. Right. 603-283-6160. If somebody left you a threatening voicemail, how would you handle it without involving government? 
Give us a call. Let us know. More Free Talk Live is coming up. The new fourth edition of Healing Our World, The Compassion of Libertarianism, will take your understanding of liberty to a deeper level and has over 1,300 updated references, new cartoons, and a forward by Dr. Ron Paul. With discounts for multiple book purchases, the fourth edition of Healing Our World is a great gift for the liberals, pragmatists, environmentalists, and Christians in your life who think libertarianism is cold-hearted. Get yours today at healing.freetalklive.com and use promo code FTL for a $5 discount. Hey, what? What? One silver round. It is Free Talk Live. We are a live radio program where you can call and take control of the airwaves. A silver round. That's almost an ounce. And talk about... Should be. Just about an ounce. (laughs) Whatever. In our world. Is on your mind. Apparently silver rounds are on your mind. I should like remake that Christmas song. It says silver bells. Silver rounds. (laughs) Silver rounds. You should throw some in the kitty. If you're gambling with silver. Silver rounds. There you go. Oh, look at that. Silver rounds. Soon it will be commerce time. Commerce day? Yeah. Market day? Soon it will be market day? Yeah. You guys work on that. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to. Should we? (laughs) Should we really? We're going to need a lot of work. It is free got talk like two months till Christmas, so you got you got time. All right, hush up. Uh, I gotta tell we're about to break your things. rule, man. Where it's hey. like, oh, we have only this tiny part of the song. All right, what's the phone number? Uh, well, it's six zero three two eight three six. Oh no, I don't. I don't know it. Now you fat fingered it, and <laughs> dude, it's right here. Look, can you read that? Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. My God. I have got to train you co-hosts better. <laughs> you put your fingers over the last four digits while he was trying to read it. I did not. You can't even see it from over there. I could only see your finger covering the last four digits. <laughs> hey, I got the first six right. What's the name of the show? I mean, what's the name of the show? Remember, Free Talk Live. Where and can, who are we? Where can people find out more about Free Talk Live? Freetalklive.com. All right. Who the hell are you? Uh, am I Captain Kickass? No. Oh. Am I Richie Rich? No. Oh, I must be Peakless Mountaineer. Yes, who are you? Richie Rich. Who am I? The captain. All right. Are you sure? No. Not all the time, anyway. Lord, Reverend, time. yada, yada, something. Reverend, That's only for some Lord, yeah. Captain, Lord, uh, yeah, anyway. Esquire, Buckshot. If, if you want to know my full uh, name, uh, go to CaptainKickass.com, scroll all the way to the bottom. Okay. And it's there. It's you mean there. you don't have the really long domain? No, because okay. like, <laughs> I I want people now to actually. That's five bucks a wor- uh, a month that's wasted I, right there. I'd it's like, like five bucks a year. I'd like people to actually visit my website. Okay. So oh now. no, I I misspelled Esquire. Oh, <laughs> or make it an email address at least. You guys, please forward to. You guys make this job difficult. You're welcome. All right, let's go to the phones. We've got Dave Ridley from the RidleyReport dot com on the line. Dave. On free talk Live. Hey, uh, I wanted to talk alternatives to secession. 
Um, Why? Are there alternatives? Uh, I mean, like, I don't see any, but go ahead. Yes. Uh, and I don't think they're all that relevant to talk about that much in, until, you know, you have secession movement. you got to have the movement first, and then you can talk about alternatives, I think. You know, so, uh, like moving the goalposts and then, like, acquiescing a little bit and conceding a little bit of ground. Maybe. I, can just, right. I only speak for myself and just tell you a solution that I think would be acceptable to me, then I would probably stand down and stop pushing for independence if this were implemented. And it wouldn't be anarchy and it wouldn't be eliminating the federal government. It would be something that possibly everyone could eventually live with. Um, and that is just a sunset clause for federal laws so that all federal laws sunset after 10 years and they have to be renewed or they or they stop being laws. So. I, I, I got to stop you there. So the problem with that idea, I mean, not that it's a bad idea. It's just never going to happen for the same reason that we will never have a zero deficit government. Well, they I don't mean, want to. So every single one of those regulations gives a bunch of people a bunch of jobs. So if you have if you have these laws just flying off the books, all of a sudden, all these jobs aren't doing anything. No. And then you can't give jobs to your buddies. Number number one, this is like an alternative to secession, which is even less likely to happen, right? And also, I will bring up uh, the the nineteen nineties assault weapons ban that did sunset, and you know, allowed certain things to come through. Dave, yeah, uh, two things. First of all, uh, one reason to have an alternative to put out there is it, if you if you if you're a secession movement and you've offered this as an alternative and the federals turn it down, it makes your secession movement stronger because uh, you've said, okay, well, we've offered something that could sort of save the union, uh, and you turned it down. The second yeah. thing is you're thinking in terms of 2023, but the situation will be much different in 2030. It'll be much different again in 2040, and the, the situation may have deteriorated so much that the federal government is desperate the same way uh, that the uh, Canadian government was desperate in, in 1995. They were willing to do anything that Quebec wanted to keep Quebec in the, the Canadian uh, uh, system, right? So it, it's possible that the, that that same phenomenon could happen to the Fed. What did, what did Quebec uh, ultimately demand? Well, I'm not an expert in all the details, but basically More they wanted Putin. Quebec. What they, what they actually got was Quebec recognized as a distinct society from the rest of Canada, and they also got a bunch of binnies. Hmm. Now, that's not what I would want for New Hampshire. Personally, I wouldn't want the binnies anyway. Right. Um, I would want the, all the binnies to go away. <laughs> well, so, <laughs> the so there's a real risk with that, though, that they might actually do it, and then we like temporarily fix the federal government, and then we end up right back where we are. Well, okay. like it, it becomes I mean, a functioning me, government, and then we get really, really rich for a while, and then once we're really, really rich, we get really, really regulated, and then we're right back where we are now. I think there are well, different. Given, you know, it sounds like the kind of problem I want to have: getting really, really rich. Yeah, <laughs> I would rather a solution where we're not fixing the government. Like that's that's not what I want to do at all. So we, me and you, Peakless, we have different roles. And I think everyone... Your Kaiser, he's like, what? Uh, uh, bulky. Bulky, okay. Okay. So I tried that, eventually. Uh, every the, the, the movement itself is broad enough to have people ro- running in different roles. And I'm not... the Apparently, I'm not even like the worst offender anymore of this. 
right? But I try to be like my position as the knight of arduous virtue is like on the extreme end of every position. Or like, yes, secession, no government, like, you know, absolute bare minimum, mm. you know, anarchy, mm. right? And if enough of us are saying that, right, it makes Dave's position seem moderate or, and, and reasonable, reasonable. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I'm, then you I'm can you. you can mm-hmm. get the normies on board with, oh, yeah, Sunset Clause, of course. Like, why wouldn't we want a Sunset Clause? Yeah, those and beardos then, are just way too extreme. This right. Ridley guy seems reasonable. Right. Yeah. And so I, I get that no one's going to align with my position, right? But aligning with Dave's gets us a little closer. Hmm. So, and if it's sunsets, and fine, if it's sunsets, right? Like one of the biggest critiques with, you know, well, if you get rid of the federal government, you'll just have a warlord take over and pretty soon you'll just have a government again. I want, fine. I want to, I want, I want to be alive during that period of nothingness. Well, so here's, here's my issue. Uh, it's, it's a lot like the the uh, abolitionist movement versus the ones who were like no 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 we just need to push for these reforms so that you treat your slaves better yes i mean just stop cutting off half their feet in most circumstances and yes. like no no i don't want to make it okay slavery i want to end yes. slavery yes you want to end slavery right but you're not going to get the support of the general public to end slavery they can have it over there. Got it. But if you wanting to end slavery doesn't get support, but it makes like not cutting off their feet seem reasonable, and then less slaves get their feet half cut off, right? That's a win that, for them. That's kind of a win, yeah. It's not, it's not like the end, well, but it's a win. But I think that makes it less likely for us to, if you are moving in the direction of, oh, well, we'll treat our slaves better, I think that makes the end of slavery a whole lot less likely. But you're not going to get there anyway. That's that's part of the problem. Okay, yeah, I disagree. So, okay. so uh, I think Mr. Ridley was trying to give us multiple uh, alternatives. So what else you got, Dave? Well, I mean, there are others, but I haven't really given the others much thought tonight. I guess one would be the Read the Bills Act, which you guys have advertised oh, on yeah. Talk Live many times. And I, I don't think that's as good. Uh, I think a sunset clause would be a lot better. But the, the Read the Bills Act would make it so that every congressman has to read every page of every law before he can vote in favor of it or something like that. Read mm-hmm. out loud on the floor with the what's a okay. quorum. In- uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Ridley, are, do you have any familiarity with the, I think it was uh, Santa Nostanso that uh, is proposing this, uh, that something like uh, coming up in, I don't remember what year, 2030 or something, if something doesn't happen within New Hampshire, then we like automatically secede. Are you familiar with that? I thought that was Gerhardt's thing. Oh, maybe well, it was. Yeah, you're right. I think it was Gerhardt's. Uh, so I, I, there's a thing where... Um, uh, I thought that there was a CACR that lets the people vote on whether or not to withdraw from the union at the $30 trillion mark, where, where they reach $30 trillion in debt. That sounds right. That sounds right. I now think, that we're at 33 No, I think it's uh, when we reach $40 trillion or something like that. Oh, so they moved it out oh, again. Okay. All right. Well, I don't, I don't know what the original was. The one that I read, I think, was like- $40 okay. trillion? Yeah. Why, that'll take like two years. No, at like $1.4 per hour, I think it'll take much less than that. Mm. I will also say that sunset clause should be much less than 10 years. 10 years is a long time to live under some tyrannical nonsense 
Uh, if you, you you know, if you're gonna also, put Santa Claus in yeah, there, like one also year. the one thing year. is yeah. they'll yeah. just be like, oh well, we'll just vote on all of the ones that exist at once. Everyone in favor of keeping everything on the books? Yup. Okay, we did your sunset law. <laughs> well, no, then then that's when you do like the one subject at a time. Like you got to vote on that individually. They'll just change that, and they that's might. The, that's the thing. Like your great victory is something that they will eviscerate. Right, but you you get that brief period of time where they haven't done it yet, and like like I said about the anarchism thing, right? That's the brief period of time that I want to be alive in. Well, that's right. the thing. By the time your first sunset comes up, they will have changed it. Okay. Like, oh, it's a sunset every year. Ooh, well, guess what? Within the next six months, they will have changed it. Okay. Yeah, there would have to be there would have to be some sort of an enforcement uh, mechanism. I, I don't know what that would be. Yeah. The threat of violence. Well, I mean, that's how states yeah. work. Uh, Mr. Ridley, they should be like used it. to it. Mr. Ridley, how can people find you and find out more about your work and your efforts towards freedom? Oh, RidleyReport.com. Awesome. Uh, oh, wait, I should sing it so you can remember it. Please do. RidleyReport.com. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dave Ridley of RidleyReport.com. We appreciate you. Equal playing field, man. If they're going to be loving threats of violence, they have to have some skin in the game, too. Uh, let's move on to this caller. I believe this is Gigi in South Carolina. Gigi, you're on Free Talk Live. Good evening, everyone. Once again, I would like to defer to Major Payne's excellent judgment that he professed last Sunday evening. But, uh... I stand corrected. The major was correct. This is only going to worsen before anything gets better let alone resolves itself my husband before, before you go too far gg fill me in because i don't listen to sunday show anymore now that i'm not on yeah what's the, we were this? talking about israel and hamas oh. and the palestinian civilians in gaza and my oh, husband yeah. and i mr ed's on the show me. dude i think this pardon? is i think this is straight up world war three like right. I, I, I think that that this is getting people on board with the narrative of World War Three. At least the ones well, who are, who are me, very religious. Let me finish my thought. So, so what did Major Payne? Right, again, fill me in though. What did Major Payne suggest? Because I got to get caught up. Major Payne said it'll only worsen before it gets better. Okay, and you originally in disagreed with that, other and now countries you're countries participating, which is kind of what you just uh, basically said, Richie. <clears throat> that other nations will start to engage in warfare. That was peakless. And my husband and I just finished dinner this evening prior to calling you, mm-hmm. and I looked at the clock and I said to my husband, Israel is seven hours ahead of us time-wise. And by 5 o'clock in the morning, the sun starts coming up over the Negev Desert. I know. I've been there. I've lived there. I've studied there. And in my opinion, that's when we are going to see, I could be wrong, ground forces starting to move in and tank brigades. And again, I say the casualties that will be incurred on both sides of the border amongst Israeli troops and Palestinian civilians will be astronomical. And when the Palestinian refugees that were told to evacuate 
and I'm thinking to myself, where the hell are they supposed to go? Egypt will not open the border and let them cross for safety. So they're all going to pour into the south by the desert where there's nothing but lizards and scorpions and no water and no medical supplies and no shelter and no food. And then when they finally do come back... If they do, there will be nothing for them but rubble. Yeah, there it's going to be a parking lot. no up. apartment buildings to live in. I could be wrong. Yeah, the Gaza Strip will be I don't the, think you're wrong. the Gaza parking lot at, at that point. That's right. That's a good word for it, Captain. So again, I say the Major was correct last Sunday when he said it'll get worse before it gets better. And the fact that another aircraft carrier with more F-15s, pardon me, and F-16s has been brought to the so-called Eastern Mediterranean. I just love that geographic euphemism because that's a big-ass area. Yeah. Am, am I allowed to say that? Yeah, you just did. You can say okay. Captain Kick-Ass, so you can say big-ass. That's fine. On me. Yeah. And the fact that another medical ship was deployed to that area yeah it tells me this is a joint military venture with the united states oh, and israel absolutely again i could be wrong well, but the, by well, 10 o'clock and the East thing Coast is like time we're going to hear things on the news i think and the United States is funding both of these people. Right. They gave the money to Hamas that Hamas used to buy these weapons. They gave the money to Israel that Israel used to buy these weapons. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what you mean by that, Richie. How and when and under which administration was Ham- Hamas given money? Well, Hamas they is are the... Different from this the is Peakless, PLO. by the way. Pardon? <laughs> Peakless is the one talking. I take no credit for his words. Yeah. I've got a hot take okay, of my I own. I beg your pardon. No, it's a, a, a Palestinian foreign aid, and this is the government That's of Palestine. From Hamas. No, they it's are not. Very They're the ones entities. governing Palestine. No, sir, I disagree. The PLO is a distinct entity, both politically and financially, from Hamas as well as Islamic Jihad. Since 2007, so the Gaza Strip has been governed by the political and militant Islamic st- uh, Islamist group Hamas. That better not be Wikipedia. Right. It is. I don't oh, when credible you sources, speakless. Under which American administration was money given to Hamas? Money was given money to the Palestinian government, which is Hamas. To the PLO, not to Hamas. But Hamas has been in charge since what year? 2007. I don't agree. I am only aware that the United States historically has donated money to the PLO in the West Bank, not to Hamas. Well, check the wiki. Yeah, Yeah. I mean. I already did. (laughs) Hey, Gigi, thank you so much for the call. We appreciate you. 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. Here's what I want. I want less hypocrisy in this whole thing. Hmm. Right? Like, I, I was... Go ahead. Yeah. I, I just want to point out that when you have governments monopolizing finance, that is, currency... Sure. This is how wars get financed. Okay. If If people 
would refuse to use government money, this type of conflict could never be achieved. Okay. Go ahead. Again, I, I, there's, there's two major conflicts going on right now. Okay. Generally, there's more, but there's two that dominate the news, right? And on one, you have the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. And people are on this, the general American public, not everybody, general, general American public, right, on the side of the Ukraine because they're, they're fighting against an occupying force that is Russia mm-hmm. trying to uh, conquer their land. And then in the Middle East, you have an occupying force in the Israeli government taking over uh, historically Palestinian land. Mm-hmm. And people are on the side of the occupying force. Right. There is hypocrisy. Well, so here's it's cognitive dissonance. Oh, cognitive you know Stockholm I'd, dissonance syndrome. I don't think either of these organizations have a right to this land. I think that individuals have rights to individual pieces of property. I get. It. Okay, so here's we covered this. But it's a really, really convenient way to sell a whole mess of weapons to a whole lot of angry people, you know, forever. And it's a great excuse for a bunch of other countries like the U.S. to keep ramping up the police state. So I, get, I covered this a little bit earlier, different show. This is where uh, I want to suggest libertarian thought is insufficient, right? In, in this, insofar as, well... An individual, an individual Israeli took the individual home from a Palestinian. And so you can only go after the individual Israeli to get that home back. Mm. But, but what we know from legal self-defense, like it's on the books, is you can defend yourself against a mob. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you are on the mob side participating in mob activity, right, and someone like shoots into the crowd of mobsters trying to you know, trying to harm them it doesn't matter if you weren't the one that was nearest to them you get shot self defense you're part of the mob period end of story okay so if you if you have armed soldiers in uniform right removing palestinian individuals from their house mm-hmm. not even just the homeland removed from the house so that an israeli can go like settle in there right you're not going to be able to get it back from that Israeli, you're going to have to take it from the collective somehow, right? And anyone in uniform is part of that mob. Okay, sure. But again, it it still doesn't mean that one mob or the other, the mob doesn't end up with a right to that piece of property. Understood. I get that the mob... That's all I'm saying. Right, and again, that's why I'm not taking sides... Right. I just I want consistency yeah. in the narrative. Well, and honestly, it looks to me like everyone's getting exactly what they want. Really? Yeah. Dead babies? Pretty much. Right. I mean, Hamas wants to perform acts of horrible terrorism and Israel wants to oppress these people. Everyone's getting exactly what they want. And in in, in and doing so, as long so, as we keep believing in this nonsense called the state, then we will continue to be at perpetual war. Yeah. So again, on on our end of the goalposts, right? It's end the state. Yeah. And then someone has to come up with something reasonable to stop the to mitigate the current violence, because it's not going to be that the state ends and therefore no violence. But we will continue okay. to we will got, continue to pitch that. I've got one for you. Go for it. If we stop using dollars, yes, that's it, what I'm talking about. Let us stop financing. Like I I don't 
If we stop I, using dollars, dollars lose all of their value, this, and then it doesn't matter how many of them the U.S. pumps into these countries. This isn't the financial manufacturers advice. Start taking Bitcoin. This isn't financial advice Great. to our listeners. Hold on, guys. This isn't financial advice to our listeners. It's just facts and an opinion. Uh, the facts are: whenever uh, there is military conflict and the U.S. is involved, the stock prices of weapons manufacturers, defense contractors, etc., and so on, goes up. If you have anything that resembles a stock portfolio and you want to put yourself in a position to make some money, I would suggest you move your some of your portfolio over some into, of your crypto into Raytheon into something like a defense contractor, weapons manufacturer, ammunitions provider, something like that. Uh, only because it sounds pretty evil to me. It, uh, yeah, if, if someone's going to profit, might as well be me. Someone's going to profit off of this. They already are. You know, someone's going to mug somebody. It might as well be you. You you know that I might as well get the proceeds if I'm also the one being mugged. You know that they are funding and providing weapons to both sides of this thing. It's six zero three two eight three six one six zero. War is the health of the state, according to Smedley Butler. If the state is unhealthy, then it therefore must go to war, which it appears the U.S. is doing because the U.S. is anything but a healthy state. Our number three, Free Talk Live, is coming up. having some uh, some interesting uh, facial conflations. Uh, some sign language is going on here in the studio because I didn't unmute these guys, Mike, because we were, of course, having a lively chat uh, during the break. So before we go on, uh, this hour... Of Just do the live read so we can talk. Dude, hush. Right? <laughs> like, my God. Hey, guys, can you keep arguing about this so that we never actually get to the show? All right. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash, Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction, and its features ensure Dash is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a tech standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible, and the network is protected from 51% attacks by their chain locks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol. And it's in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and easy to use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Big thank you to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org. To learn about Dash, that's dash.org. All right. You guys going to behave? No? All right. Well, I guess I'll unmute you. Either way. Uh, we have, you know, more stories to cover, of course, but this seems to be uh, war, of course, is a very uh, passionate subject for 
well, anyone really, regardless of your political leanings. Uh, war is hell. War is one of the reasons, in fact, might even be the number one reason that I am anti-state. Right? It's all the things I hate about government plus more murder. Yeah, like government already claims a monopoly on violence to enforce whatever things they decide they want you to do. These are called laws or regulations or edicts or, you know, all these types of words that they use. Uh, in addition to that, uh, they decide that uh, through the process of central banking, uh, they are going to print up a bunch of money and make you and your unborn children responsible for that money and then use that money to commit heinous acts of violence on a scale unable and unavailable to individuals. Yeah. And there's absolutely nothing more socialist or communist, depending on your uh, perspective, than the American military. Okay. The, the defense contractor that I couldn't think of, the BAE. Oh, BAE, right. It's, uh, uh, well, it stands for something, too. I don't know. Yeah, but okay. That's the acronym. So if, if, you know, if they stop taking dollars, right, BAE will start taking dash. Right. And the okay. machines Great. keep turning. Yes. Great. And if the dollar becomes worthless, then at least there's a finite amount of war that can be made. Whereas at present, there is an infinite amount of war that can be made. Right. So if the U.S. government was like, hey, we're going to do some war, we need some money, and you're going to pay you know, 300 bucks or whatever, right? Every individual in the U.S., you're responsible for 300 bucks, let's say, right? Yeah. Uh, they can't do that with cryptocurrency they can't do that even with gold-backed currency Uh, they can only do it with fiat currency where they can borrow money from the federal reserve to pay for whatever the hell they want unlimited numbers of bullets unlimited numbers of tanks and f-15s and etc and so on Uh, if they can't borrow from their own central bank then this type of scale war this large large s war is not possible if every individual gets that bill every year. Those wars would end so fast you couldn't even blink. If individuals got the bill, yes. Right. But I don't... I that don't. doesn't happen with good money, right? right? War does not happen the way that it happens now if you have sound money, like cryptocurrency or gold-backed currency. I, I want to disagree because I don't... The, the, but you can't because you're wrong. No, no. Be, because... Money is just a commodity that they're they're adjusting the supply of. Yeah. Well, that is a very, very generous way to put counterfeiting. And, and if okay, they can no fine. longer adjust the supply of... Then and, the price adjusts to the demand. Right. And the demand for war is low. No, it's not. It's yes, high. It it's all over the place. No. It's very it has, low. It has no, the demand the, for war is only high amongst the state. And if fine. The state, and well, if you neuter the state with their ability to fund war, no. wars go away or at least reduce themselves to a far more, I don't even want to say reasonable level, but a far lesser murder amount. The The demand is there, the price will adjust. No, the people that prefer war to peace are the people who profit from the war. Okay. Let's let's table this for a minute because we have to get to some calls. Let's go to Matt calling from Washington. Matt, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, uh, just real quick, uh, BAE is British Aerospace. That's what it stands for. It's um, not but, even uh, an American company. Want... Jesus. Thanks, Matt. Uh, yeah, the, the two things I wanted to get out of the way before I get to Wickard v. Filburn. Uh, so Gigi, I, I, she talks a good game, um, but first of all, F-16s and F-15s are Air Force aircraft. They're not on the carriers that are heading to the eastern Mediterranean. Um, and she was focused on the PLO in Hamas, 
The PLO governs the West Bank, which is a geographically separate in entity from the Gaza Strip, which is governed by Hamas. So Piklos is right on that. Um, but now that I've given Piklos a compliment, um, so you said that World War III was coming, uh, but I mean, we already had the Six-Day War and the Yom Kippur War, which were active state conflicts with Israel uh, 50 years ago. So I'm, I'm not sure that, that we're quite there yet. Yeah, and, um, and, and if you have any questions about that, I'm happy to answer them, but I'd really like to talk about Wicker v. Filburn. About what? Wicker v. Filburn, the Supreme Court case you were talking about? Oh, okay. Uh, well, hold on. Uh, 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 to clarify, so is uh, is Hamas getting uh, U.S. dollars? Or do you uh, know? Well, I mean, Hamas, Hamas probably through several entities gets U.S. dollars, maybe. Hamas definitely gets EU dollars um, through him. So Hamas has a humanitarian side and a military side. So that's why there's a lot of right. um, uh, consternation okay. in the EU about funding Hamas, because since they are the, the de facto government of the Gaza Strip, they get a lot of humanitarian aid, mm. um, but money is fungible. So you can kind of like you can get dollars for school textbooks and then you can use that money to buy weapons. It, it, it's very complicated. Yeah, and and the reason I think that this is a different situation than uh, the previous wars in the region is that uh, we didn't have the same tensions uh, with other superpowers uh, that we do right now, uh, specifically Russia and China over uh, Ukraine and, and Taiwan. It's a good time I mean, to thin I mean, out the U.S. military across the globe. Yeah, I, I think that, that when you look at um, – there, there was some consternation over the, the Suez Canal – um, when you, especially when you talk about the Six-Day War um, between uh, Egypt, uh, who was aligned with Russia and, and Britain, but I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll take the superpower aspect off the table. So, uh, what, what were you uh, wanting to talk about with the uh, the Supreme Court decision? Yeah, so you you mentioned the Supreme Court. So, Wicker v. Filburn, um, that gets to the Interstate Commerce Clause. Um, so in 1938, they passed a law based uh, basically said you can only grow X amount of crops based on your acreage. And so a farmer in Ohio in 1940, they said, hey, you can grow this much wheat uh, and sell it. In, in 1941, he grew that much wheat and sold it. And then he also grew extra wheat to feed his livestock. And then he was, the Department of Agriculture said, you have exceeded your limit. And he's like, no, I only sold the limit that you gave me. I gave the rest to my, my livestock. And then the Supreme Court decided in 1942 that because he didn't buy that wheat on the open market and he grew it himself, it affected the price of wheat and therefore it was interstate commerce. So I that's the giving right. wheat yeah. he grew on his own land to his own animals was somehow interstate commerce, which was uh, essentially the downfall of uh, federalism in the United States. That's the yeah. not interstate and not commerce that I was referring to. Yeah. But you put you put yeah, a name no, on it. So, so thank I, you. I just want to make sure we got specific on it. Much obliged. Anything else, Matt? Yeah. No, that's it. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for the call, man. We appreciate you. Uh, yeah, it is. It's just legalese, right? These are words that government has uh, made weapons of and pointed them at us, people, right? People who do things, right? A productive farmer, right, should never have weapons pointed at him for being productive, right? For growing a crop,
Yeah. Right. Uh, currently, the United States is subsidizing farmers to not grow things. Right. Or to destroy it. Yeah. Or to destroy it. Which, I mean, to that prop af- up the price. That affects right? the price. Oh, Who's yeah. in violation of interstate commerce laws? Now? Oh well, they're allowed to do that. That's what they're there for: is to yeah. regulate interstate commerce. You see, the thing is, activity A could change people's demand for goods that could be acquired from other states. Whereas, and therefore, we have to regulate activity A. Whereas activity B could affect the price of goods and commerce for people all around the United States. Mm-hmm. And, so everything has something to do with the price of the tea in China. And, the, and I guarantee you that if something is not done to avoid this possibility, they will use the same argument for global governance. I don't understand why it's so difficult for people to comprehend the market will just be fine by itself. Right. Like, if you just allow the market to be, it will do all of this. There is no need for uh, a, a violent organization of sociopaths and goons to have anything to do with to incentivize or disincentivize the incentivize the growth of certain crops or anything like that the market will just sort of take care of it innovation will take care of it you just leave the market alone let it become its own organic thing and everything will be fine you do not need these people interfering well some people get anxious about whether something's going to be fixed or not and other people who want power say i would be glad to take over that well, you hit the nail on the head with the people who want power. Right. right. Well, no, it's 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 both of them. It's the people who are anxious about a given thing, whatever that given thing is. The people feel anxiety about some problem not getting solved, and then the people who want power prey on that anxiety, and the anxious people are more than willing to give them all of this power and to give them this exceptional status where they get to use violence to attempt to solve whatever it is that they are worried about. Sounds like supply, demand, and a price. Hey, figure? Supply, demand, and a price. I demand something to be changed. Government says, like, I will supply that change for you. And it only costs you some liberty. Well, the government is not. Well, the difference being entity. that uh, I'm not allowed to compete with the government. Understood, but right. it's still it's still supply, demand, and a price. Government is not a market entity, though. Understood, but you you have you have demand for a thing, right? The the whatever what did you say? You know, people are scared of yeah, whatever it is, whatever it is, right? And you got someone who's able to do it. Right, the supplier of said change, and then well, what's that it would going be the cost? the violent organization known as government. Sure, supplier of change, the violent well, organization. They have of the ability to supply the change. Yes, they absolutely yeah. do. Yeah. But in and the absence is, of it, well, and, the person who wants the change might have to take action themselves to affect said change mm-hmm. instead of petitioning this organization of violence to make Understood. the change for yeah. them and force it upon others. And in order to get that change to occur, there will be a price to pay. To some entity or to yourself. But not to the person demanding the change. No, they're the ones paying the price. They're, they're, Are that's... they? No, everyone is paying that price. Yeah, that's, that's the Because government socializes that price. Sure. Like, I'm not anxious about these problems because I know how the market works. Right. I know how many problems the market can solve. Mm, all of them. And since I know that, I'm not worried about these things perpetually going unsolved right. unless we start to involve aggression. 
Once we start involving aggression, that's the problem that I'm worried about. And in your scenario that you described... Well, if- uh, well and, and the thing is, the anxious people will compel me to participate in the payment of government of my liberty, taxes, what have you. In, in the situation you described where somebody is demanding a change, well... Anybody can demand anything. Sure. I, I demand you shave your beard. I don't actually demand that. But Understood. let's just say that I did. Now, if you go, no, I'm not going to cut my beard, uh, do I have the ability to petition an organization of violence to force you to hold you down and forcibly remove your beard? Uh, you may not have the, the right to do so. I do not. But if you pay them so enough, this they same, will. So this same person who's demanding this change isn't taking any action of themselves to affect the change. They, all they are doing is reaching out to this large organization of violence to have them make the change for them. Right. And They're the outsourcing the responsibility. This yes. is what government does, is it takes away personal responsibility for anything that you demand. Yes. And what the government, what the government accepts in form of payment... For that "quote unquote" violent service, right? Just a little bit of your liberties, a little no, bit of money, bit. just a little bit of your no, money. Not yours, not your the person who's. Yeah, everybody. that's, exactly, Everybody's. that's right. exactly the issue. Yeah. Is that it's not the people who want this solved that are paying the full price, right? It's yeah. they are they are compelling me the to same pay thing. that price with them. It's the same thing I say to these uh, people who, are whatever side of the uh, uh, conflict that you're on over there in Israel, uh, whatever side you're on, if you're demanding something happen, then get off your ass and go and do something about it. Don't just complain about it on social media. Get on a plane, fly over there, affect the change, or shut the hell up. So yeah. now that you're you're being oppressed. Right for somebody else's change, mm-hmm. you may want for yourself a demand for some defensive service of your own, mm-hmm. so that you're not being oppressed by them. Mm. Right? Yeah. And should someone then come along and say, like, well, you know, sounds like a great snake oil salesman. Well, maybe, well, or you... or an opposition government. Yep. Right. Snake like, oil salesman. Or again, someone who can defend and. A competing well, defense agency. Well, you see, they'll promise. Kind. They'll promise all day long that they will put me into a state of peace where no one is oppressing me, and that ain't going to happen. Well, and if I if, and if I help this opposition government, it's not even currently happening. Yeah, and if I were to help this opposition government, even if they weren't, you know, a, a Fed trying to trick me, which is what sure. it usually is, but even if even if they did succeed, they would end up oppressing me themselves. Maybe. Maybe. All of history, man. Like, seriously, look at what has been happening for the last, oh, couple hundred years in South America, for example. Then you're also suggesting that no defense agency can exist in a private market. Because they will just end up oppressing you themselves once they have your money and have offered you the protection. Well, we know, no, no, so that's that the difference. Until government they're, not going, they're not going to no. demand my liberty. They're not going They'll to demand, demand something. They're not going to do it for free. Great. Good. I'm happy to pay things that aren't my liberty. Okay. My suggestion to you, Captain, is that uh, if you're going to oppose the government, mm-hmm. right, and the government's force, right, you could theoretically go get a private market solution, if you can afford it, to help secure your liberties against the government oppressor. Uh I understand what you're saying. However, the private market entity is prohibited from existing because of government. Well, then they're terrible at their job. Mm, yep. well, they, they can't even like they can't even exist because government maintains a monopoly over security services. 
They will not allow, I mean, outside of, oh, you got a business and you want to have some rent-a-cops, you know, patrol the parking lot, right? Outside of that, that's all you get. That's all government allows. They don't allow competition. They claim a monopoly on violence, period. The beautiful thing about violence, right, is it's not about allow. If you want to, if you want to throw off the yoke of your oppressor, right, you're going to have to get your hands dirty. And if you could pay someone to get their hands dirty for you, I don't care what the law says, right? Well, that's, so then when the are resistance. you when are you starting this private security service? Uh, Rich Rich Reclamations. It's already on Facebook. Okay, there you go. Do you have a rate card? No. <laughs> well, and the thing is, this this isn't a way of doing it. Like this simply it's isn't a how, way. It's not a way that works. Well, if government if gets out of the way, tried, then yes, private security services. Government's not going to get out of the way. That's the thing. The government's not going to get out of the way. And you, you, you. We want, disagree. You always want this to be like the parallel entity in the agorist marketplace. Let's well, build so here's up the thing. parallel to what the government offers. It's not. You're, Someone's you're right. Have they're to not. Step up. They're not going to get out of the way. You're absolutely right. Then they need to be However, moved out of the way. Yes, and I think the way of moving them out of the way is not by force. It's not by violence. It is by cutting their root of power, which is the money. Right. By stop using their money, and in as much as I can, I do, and I move in the direction of stop using their money, and more and more people move in the direction of stop using the money of the oppressors, they lose the ability to oppress. No one needs to shoot them. No one needs to set the White House on fire. Right. No one needs to tar and feather all these politicians as much as fun as that would be. We can just take away their power by using their real power is us and we use that real power in not them. Yeah, it's you like give the, them too much credit. It's like the Matrix, right? They view us as either human cattle or human batteries. They, they, Every piece of power that government has comes from the human batteries that they farm. Right, and if we can stop feeding them our power, then they lose theirs. You make it. You make it sound as if uh, uh, money predates the government. It does. Mm, yeah. Yep. Sure does. No. Yes, yes money does. predates the government. Yeah, even even like dear uh, God, man, read a book. E- no, no, even like uh, 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 primates, the- primates and stuff, man, have. Like, they invent constantly uh, their own version of money with, like, pebbles and stuff out in the wild. Or Let me rephrase. Actually, it's usually meat, but yeah. Let okay. me rephrase. You you make, like, government money predates the government. As government, st- government money does not predate government. No. Okay. Right. So, so, so what so needs to end is central to, banking. Prior to, you're not going to be able to change government money. You stop using their money, mm-hmm. right? And and then what? They just go away? No. They lose the They're power. an agent of violence and conquest. They will go back to that. Well, That's so what they have. Well, no, no, no. Here's the here's the difference. You, you stop using their money, they go back to the actual overt violence. Dude, broken window fallacy. It's really simple. That's so what happened it, before they set up governments in geographic locations. It so was conquest. It's a. It's all about uh, your your cost to to benefit analysis, right? So you expend a certain amount of money paying for soldiers and giving them food and weapons and all of that. Now you have to take in more resources than you're expending yes. on the only way that they can do that is if they are creating the resources. No, because before they created the resources, they stole it through conquest. And That's that the has, entire British Empire. And that read a book, man. That has limits. <laughs> yeah. And they <laughs> printed their money 
You think those pounds silver were actually pounds of silver? Before no. it was a dollar, it was, yes, it was a pound silver. No, pound silver was paper. It's, 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 it's imaginary. It does not cost a pound of silver to get a pound sterling, quote unquote. And that's bef- how they had an and, empire, and is they had dollars, fiat currency. Right. Before dollars, it was metal, and they invaded, they stole, they plundered, they pillaged, and expanded the empire. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is coming up. The final segment of tonight's Saturday Night Edition is next. Yes, it is Free Talk Live. If you want to join us, you can dial 603-283-6160. Gets it on the second try. Nice. Hey, you know, better late than never. Uh, Before we go on, I need to say two things. One, uh, at about 10.30 p.m., uh, you can join us, the three of us here, Richie Rich, Peakless Mountaineer, and myself, the captain, uh, for the uncensored Beard Talk Live at 10.30 p.m. over at watch.freetalklive.com. That's the only place you can get it for free uh, live, watch.freetalklive.com. If you're a Patreon of Free Talk Live, you'll be able to hear it because you are a patron. You're an amplifier, if you will. Speaking of amplifiers, the second thing I need to say is thank you to Monero FTW. Uh, Monero FTW is a silver-level amplifier, that means Monero FTW gives 5 bucks a month to the AMPS program. AMPS stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. You can find out all about the program over at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com, uh, where it's a Patreon-type setup. Uh, you, we only ask for 5 bucks. You can give more. There's different levels. There's different little you know, sort of benefits that you get uh, as, you know, if you give more or whatever. But that's not why you should become an amplifier. You should become an amplifier because you enjoy the show. You enjoy the hosts, the co-hosts. You enjoy the callers, the perspective of freedom, peace, and liberty that we bring to the topics of modern-day society and even historical society. So, again, amps.freetalklive.com. Thank you again, Monero FTW. We appreciate you. All right, before we go on, Let's go to Sarah in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Sarah? Oh, yeah. yeah. Go I ahead. I mentioned that we had a, we had a, um, actual, um, there are, uh, network marketing meeting at a library for free. This is our second meeting. So it wasn't free. So your network marketing company couldn't even afford to rent a place for you all to meet, had to have it at a library, so you socialized the cost of the meeting space by distributing it to everybody else? Well played, MLM. Oh, you know, the, this is kind of like when you, if you market, it's it's up to you how you want to do it. So if we don't have money, so... You have to go to the cheap route, but if you got money, a lot of people that are doctors or whatever, they they're making eighty thousand. They rent event center, they pay for it, and they write it off on their taxes. We don't make enough money to write nothing off, so we just went for the freebie. You got to recruit more people into your MLA. It is not free; it is stolen. That's different. 
what, why is that stolen when it's, it's taxpayer funded? Exactly how they stole have it. Any media. Yes, that yes, taxpayers are victims of theft, Sarah. Oh, you're you're entitled to have any meeting you guys want. You know what? I'm not going to complain. What, what I, I want, want is to in- what I want is to stop being stolen from. Do you understand, Sarah, the concept hey, that taxation, meeting, Sarah? About- Sarah, do you understand the concept of taxation is theft? Well, that, not if it's providing a service. You know what I mean? There's so hold on. Do, so um, if I steal from someone, but I do something good with it, that doesn't count. Well, I mean, don't you understand? Like sharing public service, it was a it no, no, no. Sharing is what we meetings. choose to do, and stealing is what someone else chooses for us to do. I don't know, but I just want to say, you know, who got poked up was the librarians got all excited. You know what I mean? So, because uh, I got to show some of the products, and they were really um, blown away. So, I hope they. Call the person that signed us up to get enrolled. But how, how many, why aren't you enrolling you know, them? The thing is that well, I just don't want to enroll them. You know, I don't want to be the enroller. He enrolls them and puts them under me, so I get free product dollars. I'm. I just like I don't. You are bad I at this MLM thing, <laughs> You have to enroll yeah, people know, into yeah, your this, MLM to be successful. Then you can afford to not yeah, go to the organization. library. You need authorization to enroll well, people into know. your multi-level marketing scheme. I, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to enroll. But the, I did. A lot of people did look at my our little sign as they were walking by. That's good enough. And you know, I passed out about eighty. Uh, about eighty flyers. Nobody showed up. And like two, three people said, "I'm going to be there," and they never to... showed up. All right. So I'm Sarah, generally huh? not against multi-level marketing. Uh, it's voluntary. So, so Sarah, I'm a I'm a musician, and if I decided to uh, tell everybody, hey, I'm going to make an appearance at at the record store uh, here in Keene, New Hampshire, I'm going to have T-shirts for sale, right? So I show up and I got a table and I got some T-shirts there, but I don't actually try and sell any of them. What was the point of me going to this place and and trying to sell T-shirts if I'm not going to actually try? Okay, so what happens that I get thirty spots. Like the first two lines, I could get free loyalty dollars, whatever they earn. I could get that buy free products, and that's what I'm after. The so heck is a loyalty dollar? Yes, yeah, so, so I could buy free product dollars. So probably in group terminology for the MLM. Point, okay. Well, I could. Okay, let's say I got one person under me, Rick and Esther, they're pastors. So if they order fifty points, I'll get about what's a seven percent of a fifty. Few points. It's about like maybe 14. three or four dollars. Four dollars. Okay. So I could buy towards a free product, but I have 30 spots. So I, I don't want to have money. I just want free product dollars. So he rolls them, puts them under me. So that's all I uh, all I care about. All Sarah cares about is the free stuff. I mean, if you want the product, free, that's yeah, yeah. she's consistent. Yeah. I'll give her that. Yeah. I still want to keep my check. It'll go against my check. I'm hoping, yeah, that's, but I just have more fun doing it. And uh, so, but I we, I think we impressed people that was walking by looking in, at least about 10 people. How do you measure that? How do you measure back. people's, how people, how people were impressed or not? How do you measure that? Smiles. I don't know if 
not impressed or not, but they're just looking and kind of curious to walk by or some people just ignore. But at least about seven people. We do more advertisement at sitting at the library than I ever – my invitation. The whole point was to invite people so they could listen to us. But they just we just get the onlookers more sitting there, uh, and then the Sarah, librarians kind of interact with us. It do you know? While I have nothing against excited librarians, uh, are you familiar? <laughs> <laughs> are you familiar with the term busking? Do you know what a busker is? I have never heard that. Okay. What, what, what does that you. mean? Uh, when you're walking down the street in a you know usually a crowded area, hopefully if they're a good busker. Uh, it's going to be a person usually with like an acoustic guitar and like a hat out. And the idea is that they're going to play some yeah. music and the passersby who enjoy the music will throw a little bit in the hat, a little tip, you know, a little change, you know, a dollar or two, whatever it is. That's called busking, right? When you go out and you play music and then, yeah. you know, the, the idea is that people throw, throw money into your hat. Now, let's say uh, a busker, a musician, went out with his acoustic guitar uh, and his little stool, and he sat in a very crowded area, and he put the guitar on, and he put the hat out in front of himself, and never played a note. Do you think he's going to get any money? No. Okay. Well, thanks for the call, then. <laughs> what if he held up a sign? 283 uh, What? What if he just held up a sign and didn't pretend to play music? Just said, <laughs> please give me money. Well, that's, that's different Sometimes than busking. Works. That's begging now. All right. Now he's panhandling. That's okay. a whole different thing. All right. That's different than busking. Different license. <laughs> yeah, you got to pay the government for the panhandling license. I don't yeah. Oh, that, that that's a thing. That is absolutely a, sure Also, is. busking is a licensed activity. Well, depending on the city you live in. Some cities are like, you don't need a license. It's fine. Hmm. Other cities are like, you totally need a license. It's not fine. Although, a lot of places don't even like, the cops won't even bother. How dare you entertain people and then accept their money? Yeah. I can't confirm this because it was like hearsay and I never looked into it. But in like the touristy area mm. in Hawaii, you actually get a license for like the square foot of the sidewalk that you're allowed to really busk on. Uh, I I don't remember what city it was, but um, the license you had to get was the same as like a street vendor license. So if okay. you wanted like you had a hot dog cart or something, you wanted to cook up some hot dogs and serve them up to people, you had to have your cart. Uh, certified by the health department before you could even get the license. Once your cart was certified, then you apply for the license, pay the fee, and as long as you had the cart certified, then you know usually no big deal. Then you could go out and so in the case of the busker, there was nothing to certify, so they had to jump through a hoop that the hot dog vendors don't in order to be like, hey, I'm not vending food. So there's right? a bunch of hot dog vendors with like the state safety inspection sticker on their hot dog cart. Yep. All right. Yep, they passed emissions. Uh, well, it depends if the cart's motorized or not. Oh, Most okay. of them aren't. All right, um, uh, and like in the Seattle, Washington area, particularly the downtown yep, looks area, looks like it could boil water. There is there is a whole bunch of these vendors, right? Uh, Seattle, the nightlife is famous for uh, people getting way too drunk and having like uh, Seattle dogs, right? These Polish sausages or bratwursts or all beef hot dogs. And uh, they'll do, like, uh, fried onions or fried onions and peppers or whatever. But they'll toast the buns, and they'll put a little slab of cream cheese on the bun before putting your, your Polish or your hot dog or whatever on it. It's delicious. All right. It's freaking delicious. That does sound delicious. Uh, let's continue with your calls and thoughts. Let's go to Butta. It's Major Payne calling from Michigan. Uh, good evening, gents. Yeah, the reason Sarah is so spooked about uh, signing up people, and she even admitted it, but none of you guys caught it. Oh, I, I, um, I caught it. She doesn't want to make any money because her benefits go away. 
Exactly. Yeah, it'll it'll bust into her check and they'll take mm-hmm. away her uh, her bennies. Yeah, perverse incentives. And that's uh, that's the reason two thirds of the people that are able bodied are and unemployed are. You know, unemployed. Well, that's why we have such great in, uh, unemployment numbers. A whole bunch of people just quit trying to get a job. Man, we could have full employment if everyone would just stop looking for work. Yeah, well, they don't even count the people who have stopped looking altogether. Exactly. Yeah. We could have 100% employment tomorrow if everyone would just quit trying to get a job. I really think they should just declare that sitting on your butt is a government job and then full employment because anyone currently on welfare now just works for the state. Well, the same. Would, they be, would they be paid? Yeah, because they're already in pay. Oh, yeah, that's that's called a universal basic income. Okay. Now, what was that, Major? I, I say, ask Richie if he'd ever been to a government office. They already get paid for sitting on their butt. Yeah. That's my point. <laughs> so if you want to if you want to make unemployment go down, you just declare that to be a job, right? It's a, it's a work from it's a remote position. You work from home. You sit on your butt all day. You collect your government yeah. check, boom, no yeah, we, unemployment. We, we actually tried that already. I mean, not in the U.S. Okay. Uh, it was in the USSR. All right. I mean, those people had plenty of money. I mean, they all had a lot of money. There wasn't anything you could buy with it, but they had lots of money, and everyone had a job. Sounds like what they did during the COVID lockdowns, too. Right. We're just going to hand right. out money and stop production. Yep. But don't worry. It won't cause a recession, I promise. If I get one of these jobs and I decide to sit on my butt all day, but I sit on the throne, would that make me king? Of your own castle. Well, I'm already that, but I don't need the toilet to... uh, Then you'll just have too many titles like the captain over here. (laughs) King Major Payne. Speaking of which, um, Esquire, Captain, I believe you're too old for. No, 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 no. no. Esquire just means like attorney. No, no, no. no? Well, All right, might, well, correct they me. They might have bastardized it into that. But I had a a great aunt that was a librarian. Was she an excited librarian? On her English. And when I was just a young lad, I was like eight or ten years old, I remember receiving three or four uh, letters with Master Patrick Heck, Esquire. Right? And I questioned this Esquire, and I questioned him about it a few years later, and that is the young master of the house. All right, this not is, yet a age. This is from MiriamWebster.com. Esquire. There's four uh, possible definitions here. Number one, a member of the English gentry ranking below a knight. That is Ooh. not me. I am not that. Okay. Number two, a candidate for knighthood. Serving as a shield bearer and attendant to a knight. Are you guys knights? Any I'm the knight of arduous virtue. We've already uh, covered this. Okay, so then I could be <laughs> serving as a shield bearer and attendant to the knight of arduous well, not virtue. Not a very good one. Where's his shield? Fetch me my slippers. He this needs an escutcheon. <laughs> this one's a little, a little, you know, shaky. Number three. You let horse get away again? <laughs> horse? You let horse get away? What's wrong with you? Anyway. I said, bring the posse. Number three, this is the one that is most likely applicable to me and my long-ass title. Used as a title of courtesy, often by attorneys, usually placed in its abbreviated form after the surname, i.e. John R. Smith, Esquire. And this was why they removed the law that uh, you can't have a uh, place in the U.S. government if you have a title. 
because number, number that four would get us, that would get rid of all of the lawyers in government. Oh, that'd be nice. Number, Wouldn't it? Number four is uh, it says archaic. A landed proprietor. I don't know how a proprietor isn't landed, but you know, as opposed to sea bearing uh, or floating in the <laughs> sky. I don't know. So I uh, think that would mean you would own the property, not be renting. Oh well, then I'm that as well. I own property. Well, as much as one can in the United States. Ultimately, I'm renting from the government. So depending on how you look at it. So, so I there. Think, I think used as title of courtesy uh, in its abbreviated form after the surname. Right? You don't want to be my shield bearer? I just think that number three is the most applicable. All right. right? Number, number two anyway. is possible, depending on the arguments. Okay. You know, it's possible. Well, so. being as how they tag number three to lawyers, I think that ought to be eliminated, too, because every lawyer should be standing out in front of the war horse with a shield ready to take one. Hey, do you know the difference between a catfish and an attorney? Uh, okay, I'll bite. One's a scum-sucking bottom dweller, and the other one's a fish. Nice. Right, right, right. Do you know what? You know do you... the difference? The difference between God and a surgeon? No. Oh, oh, God doesn't think he's a surgeon. Yep, God don't think he's a surgeon. Hey, do you know know what you call half of the lawyers at the bottom of the ocean? A good start. A good good start. start. Major, what else? Oh, I got a a couple of smart fellows to tell you about. This happened two, three months ago, but just a quickie, and Mm -hmm. I never got to bring it up. There was a couple of geniuses in Kentucky. We decided that they was going to steal an ATM machine. So they took a pretty good-sized logging chain and tied it around the machine, wrapped it a couple times up, hooked it to the bumper of the truck, drove off. Oh, guess what? The bumper came up. The machine didn't move, but the bumper of the truck got ripped right off. Well, they had a panic attack and just drove off and left the license plate laying there with the ATM. (laughs) Smart. Pro tip, you got to hook it to the frame, not the bumper. No, no, real pro tip. You want to do crime, be in government. Right. Well, anybody that's ever lived in the Northern Hemisphere and had to pull a car out knows that you got to put it on something solid. Like Ricky says, you got to wrap it around the frame. And if you got something real bad, you take a big chain and you wrap it around both frames and then you put another chain onto that one. So you're pulling on the whole truck. I have I have tweaked frames pulling stuff out of ditches before. Like ATMs? No. <laughs> All right, good. ATMs How would you get the ATM the into the ditch, Captain? <laughs> that's not that's the not my story. Driving. It's major story. <laughs> that would be the dummy driving the truck in front of you. He just drug it behind him for a while, and the chain gave out. Well, there you go. Yeah. I, I used to see all the time uh, growing up uh, in... Uh, uh, like frozen lakes, uh, you're familiar with this in the winter in the Michigan area. Uh, lakes do freeze, and uh, they do have ice fishing. But instead of ice fishing, uh, what I used to see frequently was uh, kids on sleds. Usually they were the, the round ones, the saucer-looking deals, uh, being pulled behind a vehicle on the ice, just sliding around, having fun, Wee right, as the vehicle drives around the frozen lake, like on the frozen lake. Uh, I don't know if this is still allowed. I don't know if, like, you know, people still do this. Major? I don't know, but I remember doing it as a kid on the street. Yeah. Hell, I remember, I remember we, we, you know what shagging is? 
I mean, I know a definition of shagging. Yeah, I probably know the same definition as you. This is old school uh, free ride. In the winter when there's a good glaze of ice or uh, snow on the road, you wait for a car that's just pulling around the corner slow or getting away from a stop sign. You know, he's going slow enough where you can run up behind him. You grab a hold of his bumpers and go into a spot, and you just ski on your feet behind the car. I remember one time doing that for like a half a mile, and the guy behind us was having a panic attack. Mm-hmm. And the guy that we were on didn't know we were there. So we probably were doing about 35 or 40 by the time we got to where we were going to get off. And we both just kind of twisted our feet a little bit like they was steering wheels and pulled right over and parked in the parking space. And that guy behind us pulled up and rolled down his window and just chewed our arses for a minute. But it was it, the only danger of it is if you hit a chuck hole. Your foot falls in it, you can snap an ankle. So you oh. got to do it on a good road. Similar to a pothole. Okay. I was going to ask, what is a chuck hole? I mean, I've what had a laugh. It, is, is it like that? What is the wood, good chuck what hole? Is the wood chuck in? Ah, what okay. Wood... Gotcha. Uh, now it makes sense. Ah. As opposed to a gopher hole. Right. Uh, anything else, Major? I had nine rounds of gopher hole. Well, they didn't. They don't call them potholes because there's pot in them. I mean, come on. Why do they call them potholes? Oh, that's a good question. Because they're filled with water. No, because uh, I think that would make sense. They get rounder and rounder. So you can fit that's a pot in it. No, there's no pot. Yeah. And you can't cook in it either. You can cook on a manhole cover <laughs> if you live out by Sarah. <laughs> Major Payne, thank you for, for the day. call. We appreciate it. Why you. is it called the pothole? Uh comes from the word pit. Oh. Yeah. Pit not so it's a pit hole, not a pothole? Yeah, yeah, it's a pit hole. That's huh. lame. So they just yeah. left it as pit hole. Makes know, more right? sense. Yeah, but I mean when well, I that's go that's English for you. When I go to the Death Angel concert, I don't join the mosh pot. But you would in the mid fifteenth century if they'd had them. Is it a pit though? The mosh pit's not even a pit. Depending on the venue, it could be. Like, uh, there's a venue. You go down the stairs to get to the mosh pit? Yeah. You got to keep stomping the ground until it is a pit. Okay. Yeah, there's a, there's a venue. I can't remember the name of it now, but like when you walk in, you're sort of a, a level above. And if you look to your left, you can go up a, some stairs and there's this like. Like the orchestra pit? It, like the orchestra pit. That's a yeah. pit. Yes. They're below the stage. Right. They're below the stage. And so the it's mosh pit, pit occurs okay. where arguably the orchestra pit would be should you be seeing an orchestra which you're not Uh, you're seeing a metal band and so because there's no orchestra there that's where the moshing occurred okay and i believe that's where the the name comes from so they overran the orchestra pit and just stole the name well they decided to mosh in the orchestra pit pit, right Ah. so like were there old concerts that were in those concert halls with those like lowered areas for the orchestra? There still are, and currently. then all of the people who wanted to just knock the living daylights out of each other would go down in there. It's so interesting. Uh, I don't know the the history of the mosh pit so intricately to know that like you know did they go into a venue where there was an actual orchestra pit? The venues that metal bands play. I mean, the like, especially when they were up and coming before heavy metal was even remotely popular. They had to play wherever they could. So they're playing your grandma's backyard. They're renting their own Grange halls. They're this venue you know, is a pit. They're playing old churches, right? That kind of a thing. They're probably playing like a, a rock pit, like a quarry or something okay. like that. You know what I mean? And like, 
you know, so it's entirely possible that mosh pit comes from another terminology. I do know that there used to be geographic definition differences. For example, the East Coast had moshing and mosh pits, but the West Coast had slam dancing. Ah. They're the same freaking thing. Where would I have to go to thrash? Well, thrash is just the name of the crossover between punk rock and heavy metal. Okay. Right? So it's a little bit faster than heavy metal and a little bit slower than punk rock and a little more intricate, like a little more musicianship had to go into it. Not just the three chords everybody loves about punk rock, right? So you're talking like lead guitar, solos, stuff like that. But like pop music's got like one more chord, so that's, you know. Maybe, depending on who you're listening to. But uh, slam dancing, uh, near as I can tell, at least according to suicidal tendencies, was the OG term, hmm. and then somehow mosh pit came came into being. Peakless Apparently is on the it's Wikipedia. Variation on mosh parts, while hardcore musicians had called them skank parts. <laughs> we are out of time for Free Talk Live. You can catch the three of us here at 10:30 p.m. over at watch.freetalklive.com. Thank you to our callers. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you, Richie Rich. Thank you, Peakless. Peace. This is Mark Edge with Free Talk Live. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com is one of the best real estate agents I've ever worked with. I've been through about two dozen real estate transactions in my life, and I feel like I know what I'm doing, but there's always the things that you don't know that you don't know. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com found a problem with the house that I was buying that ultimately saved me $65,000. He's a consummate professional, holds his people to his own high standards, and I would unequivocally recommend him for any real estate purchase in New Hampshire. Don't sell yourself short. Contact PorcupineRealEstate.com.